Holman, I hear there's a whole bunch of news coming out of the Ford camp. I hear that it's crazy. Nope. Nope. What? Nope. What's nope. That? What? Nope. Bronco free episode. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think everybody's sick of hearing about the Bronco, and we already did like a whole bonus episode from coming in midweek. You're welcome very much. You guys didn't see that coming <laughs> out, did you? And uh, so we're going to keep this one Bronco free. All right. So this is uh, like the like the COVID free zone. This is a Bronco free. This, this zone. is a Bronco free zone. Just this episode only. Okay. After this intro. So are we putting masks on to protect us from Bronco? We're just not going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're done. So from this point forward, we're not mentioning that vehicle that shall not be named. Exactly. Okay. But what we will talk about is uh, our off-road adventure uh, with the LGE CTS ladies and Baja Forged. That was very nice of Sarah and Teresa to invite us along with uh, 39 other Jeeps. Uh, that was a little unwieldy at some by point. By the way, also invited us... And knowingly invited the Trail Chaser podcast guys, too. Yeah, well, they were looking for a podcast war. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, there was definitely going to be a podcast brawl at the end of the day. But, so uh, you have what kind of, what kind of like it was a, uh, not a walkie-talkie. Not a race radio. It? Just a race radio, yeah. right? And all 40 Jeeps were on this one channel. And, of course, we're the only people that had a podcast queued up on your stereo system <laughs> with the jingle ready to go. We're like, hey guys, why don't you listen to our jingle? Where's yours, you know? Yeah. yeah we had some fun with them. So it was the truck show, truck show. And the guy's <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have a jingle like yours. <laughs> they were just rubbing it in. But those no, are we had fun. great guys with the, uh, uh, what are they called again? Trail Chaser <laughs> Podcast? Uh, I think they're called uh, Cody, Matt, and uh, Jose. Very nice guys who have a podcast that uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to. I'm just being honest. Well, we have uh, run into them several times. SEMA, off-road shows, and now at our friend's off-road trip. Yeah. Although I do now, have wait, to- Wait, 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 wait. Are we stepping on their territory, or are they stepping on ours? Well, Sarah and Teresa are our friends. I guarantee you for way longer than, than those people on that other podcast. <laughs> so I'm calling this one our territory. Okay. But I will say, Matt over there has exquisite taste in vehicles because on a run that was 90% Jeeps- here comes this little white Nissan Frontier. And by the way, that little thing hung with everybody. I was delighted that he, no one ever lost him. He was keeping up. Like, there was there were no ruts that were too big. Uh, Pro 4X, the thing went everywhere everybody else did. Appreciate you guys bringing that along because it makes getting into our next part of the show really easy. So. That's true. So for as bad as their podcast is, they have <laughs> no, great no, taste no. in vehicles. Well, okay, I'll go I'll go with that. <laughs> oh, Do we I, really want to start another podcast I war? I don't want it. Guys, I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding, right? Yeah, head over to uh, with you. wherever you get this podcast. Check out the Trail Chasers if you love off-roading and, and the guys over there again. Cody, Matt, and Jose, awesome dudes. Good they to see those guys. They are hardcore on off-road. Where yeah. we touch a little bit of everything, their lane is off-road. So yeah. we'll give that to them. All right, so... So uh, if you're in the <laughs> market, what a what a douche I am! I just will give that to him. That was a totally snobby thing to say. Are you entitled to the podcast space here? I, I you marking your territory. Like I'm just I'm I'm rewinding and I'm like you know I'm fishing but I'm really in going. I cast it too Are far. Are you premier podcaster? <laughs> am I the premier podcaster <laughs> no, or the nah. president podcaster? I am president of entertainment. Okay. okay, and I'm not really <laughs> sure what that means. Will you do anything that will entertain people here? No, Will you not start generally. Soon? No. Okay, I thought so. All right, if you're in the market for a awesome little uh, pickup truck that'll keep up with those Jeeps off-road like Matt for the Trail Chasers was. And it's like a third of the price. Then you need to head over to NissanUSA.com and check out the Nissan Frontier, especially the 20 with the 3.8 V6 and 9-speed automatic out of the Titan. And speaking of Titan, what a great half-ton choice, half-ton plus, the Titan, the Titan XD. Something about the warranty, though, right? Uh, five-year, 100,000-mile, best in the business. 
Now, what the Trail Chaser guys didn't have, and I was looking, ain't no deck system in the back. Well, you know why, right? No, why? Because deck doesn't sponsor their podcast. Five stars. Now, we'll see if they listen to this episode. If we never hear from them, we know they don't actually listen. Yeah. And that means we can talk about them again in the future. Oh, that's great. Deck.com. <laughs> <laughs> and on this episode, we're checking in with KJ Jones from Diesel Power, who's going to remind us that putting gasoline in a diesel pickup truck is maybe not such a good idea. And he'll also explain what red diesel is and why you can get busted for using it. Yeah, so uh, KJ is going to be a little bit of a follow-up to Rye, who is the GM tech that was on a couple episodes ago. Right. And uh, kind of fill us in on... Uh, what makes it so bad? And we've got Andy Lilienthal from... Wow, I said it correctly. That's insane. You hope? You yeah, think? well, I think I did. Okay. Lilienthal. I can't do it again. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> we've got Andy coming up from Warren. Now, they've got some pretty special stuff that they are unveiling or have recently unveiled. He's going to tell us about. Uh, what It was kind of cool that... You didn't have to use the winch. I was uh, my, my worn winch? My Xeon yes, 10S that's that on the front one. of my JL? That Yes, you're right. On our little adventure Saturday. Uh, the one where you finally said, hey, I'm going to go. Yeah, so I took my son and we plopped in your back seat and it was uh, surprisingly comfortable. Yeah, what did you think of uh, the JL overall? Well, I thought it was, it was soaking up the bumps much more than other Jeeps that I have driven in. You were traveling at a pretty good clip, and we just weren't getting beaten up. So I think that's the biggest endorsement I can give it. <laughs> that's the I biggest mean, you can do. Is well, like, I mean, it's like I, I didn't get beat up in it, but uh, but I mean, I've been in other vehicles where they've been a soft ride, and I just expect a Jeep to be bumpy, and this was not that. It yeah, was it's nice and smooth. Pretty comfortable. It's amazing how uh, how well the suspension works on that thing. And you were taking some turns faster than I would have expected it just on the freeway, just on the way there, and I'm like. Wow, this has a higher center of gravity, but he's taking this, you know, these overpass turns fast. And like, I'm, uh, I was confident in that AEV suspension with the Bill Steins. Those apparently. And what? Did, okay, you know that I'm a big fan of BFG tires, and that's no. what I have on it. But you even made a comment going around some of the, those uh, those corners about them on the Jeep. I mean, they stuck. Not a single chirp from the tires. Then when we were off road, they hooked. Like I was really impressed. Yeah. Now you know why I like that tire so much. Yeah. I mean, it's a great on-road tire and off-road. It just does everything you want it to do. Yeah, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised. The one thing that was kind of funny is that you spent the majority, because it's hard to like turn around and talk to the person in the backseat as we yeah. all know, right? It's easier just to talk to your co-pilot. Sure. Which you did, who is your wife. Yes. Now, you explained every moving piece of suspension to your wife over the course of the trip, over the day. Yes. And I don't you, know. And you, did did, did you, you realize that you were doing that? I was doing that for your benefit. I was actually talking to you. I just couldn't turn my head far enough. It just looked like I was telling her. But you would kind of reach over and tap your wife's knee and make sure that she was attentive and then say, like, these Bilstein shocks and this, this, and No, they. that's not true. What I said was, hey, are you glad we spent the money on this? Is it cool? You were rationalizing a lot of the money- during yes, that trip. Because that was you her were, first. The, oh, listen, I've had the Jeep for a little bit over a month, and that was only her second time in it and her first time off-road in it. So what was kind of interesting is that as you were praising the vehicle in her presence, you were very, very carefully sliding in upgrades that you were you were like leaving suggestions. Like, hey, I'm... Here's why this other thing might be pretty good for me to consider in the future. And she was just nodding. Yeah, she going, doesn't care. Yeah, that's I, that's my that's my toy. She she's 
No, she just she's like, is that cool? Is that ours? That's in the driveway. Awesome. Other so than she's that, not she's the here. woman in the parts department. Why are you spending <laughs> that money? No, actually, so I don't know. We've talked about this on the show, I think, before. the The way my wife and I have our finances worked out is we each have our own account, and then there's a household account that we're both on. Mm. So all the bills get paid in the household account that that pay the mortgage and pay all the utilities. How and do pay you decide tuition. how much goes in from each of the personals into the the joint? Yeah, so we have a set number that each person contributes. So we figured out what she makes, what I make, what. I pay for all the health benefits out uh-huh. of my job. So then we take that part, we equalize it. And so she puts in an X amount of, part of money. I put in an X amount. But then whatever we each have for our own accounts, we can do whatever we want with. Yeah, that's good. Which is awesome. I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe that that works. Yeah, it's it's great because you know what? If I go to buy her a Christmas present, yeah. I just do it from my money. She never has to see it on the joint account. You have to have and a if lot I, of trust. Heck yeah. And if I want to go buy uh, parts- I just buy it out of my money. As long as the household stuff's paid for and we got food in the fridge and all that, she buys what she wants with her money. I buy what I want with my money. It works. I'm telling you, the key to marriage is to uh-huh. A, have trust, and B, figure out how to split the finances where each person still has a little bit of their own nest egg to enjoy. So here's here's what you do. My suggestion, if you can't pull off Holman's whole scheme about that whole trust BS, what you do <laughs> is you create, you get a PayPal account, Right. And you stash money in there from like you're selling stuff, right? So if uh-huh. you sell old parts yeah. or you got an old skateboard that's been laying around uh-huh. and you sell for 20 bucks, yeah. you put that in your PayPal account. But why would you put cash and into an electronic account? Your because, cash would just be your walking around money. No, no, no. Because then you can buy parts online with your PayPal account and mm. it's not it's not linked no. to the joint account or anything like that. I have my, my individual account that is mine. Yeah. And then whatever I sell cash goes in the gun safe. And then I just have cash in the gun safe for whenever I need a little cashy-cashy for something. I wonder how many women have private, like, Venmo accounts and <laughs> and PayPal accounts. But like here's dudes. the deal. I just bought us pizza to eat. Yeah? And I bought it for my money. And so my wife doesn't go, what? What is this charge for pizza? What are you doing, you fat blob? <laughs> and now she doesn't know. <laughs> And you got fed. I did. And I got and, fed. And I appreciate that. And she's not mad because Although, it didn't come out of our joint account. I am surprised you ordered Domino's, which is the dregs. That's what I have the app for. Oh. And they deliver. Okay. And they're just down the street, so, so it still comes hot. Pizza Hut is a little better than Domino's. Mm, it's freaking cardboard. Ah. Your cheesy bread was good well, with the jalapenos. Listen, but the, you're the complaining pizza? about free food? I mean, no, I guess I shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> hey, cough that up right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I just wanted to say it was uh, great to have you along the uh, the trail. Hey, you, and you know You what, and your let, son, Quinn? Let, let me know, Gavin. <laughs> douche nozzle. So here's the thing. You guys don't know this because you weren't sitting in the back seat with my son and I, is that Holman <laughs> called my son by the wrong name 81 times. Uh, and I totally know what his real name is, but I called him by his brother's name just out of out of habit, I guess. Uh, yeah, I had a habit. No, I mean, was... My little guy tends to go along with us on our adventures a little more because the older, the older one's got a, a girlfriend and all that stuff. So he finally gets out of the house and he goes on an adventure and freaking Holman's calling him the wrong name all day. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say all day. I would say 95% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> all right. So what are we doing first here? Uh, I don't know. Why don't we uh, get into it? Does it sound our... like we're disorganized? No, no. <laughs> super, super well-oiled over here at the Truck Show Podcast. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with the truck show we have the 
lifted We had the lowered and everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman uh, I say we uh, we give Andy a call first, and let's uh, let's talk winches. All right. Well, you're sitting over there with the phone, so hit that green button right there and dial Andy. This is Andy. Andy, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Hey, Andy. Good. Yourself? Good. Fantastic. So, Andy, I'm going to butcher your last name. You ready? Here it goes. Andy yeah. Lilienthal. Is that? Oh, you, that's actually perfect. Dude, believe it or it. not, that was it. Yeah, that what? was it. Yeah, I, you on. know what? That's uh, that's incredible. Wow. I am uh, stunned. I never get them right. Okay, uh, Andy, he's been sitting here uh, in front of a mirror, staring, practicing your name for at least twenty minutes, which is why we're late calling you. <laughs> That's what I had to do for about five years when I was a child. So. <laughs> I was like, I was Lillian, Lily, enunciate, enunciation, sibilance. Yes. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes, it's spe- it sounds exactly like it's spelled, which a lot of people don't get. So. Lillianthal. But it's, I, I would think it would have two L's in the middle, but it doesn't. All right, so be, that's be, why I was. Uh, but let's, all right. Be, okay. let's, beyond Andy's name, we're going to talk to our buddy Andy here from Warren, which is obviously an amazing American company yeah. that has deep history. Um, but first, we have to get to your intro. So uh, why don't you hit the intro, Lightning? Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill. Tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to, don't you spend our money, and then you'll want to come back. All right, Andy, you are in the parts department. Now, you may know Warren from such hits as Bumpers. Four wheel drive. Well, hubs. Don't start with Bumpers. <laughs> God, you're ruining my joke, hey, <laughs> I, hold on. The joke is that I was going to get to winches at the end. Oh, you should, damn it. You, you should clear that I with me first. I actually love this. I actually <sighs> love this because we have to get like people to realize, by the way, we make bumpers. So thank you. Well, That's perfect. I've been working to educate Lightning uh, today, actually, Andy, because he was lo- going down the list, writing it down. He goes, oh, wow. And I said, what? He goes, did you know they made hubs? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, look, I'm not, look, we, like, it's no secret I'm not a hardcore off-roader, right? I okay. go off-road, but usually it's in the passenger seat with you, right? Right. So I, I, I don't know some of these things. Uh-huh. And I was delighted to find out they've been making uh, uh, four-wheel drive hubs since the Earth's crust cooled. <laughs> you know, like. About, about that long, yeah. Yeah. So, Not that long. God, I, Andy, I don't even know what to uh, – oh, actually, hold on. Let's let Lightning get to his joke. Lightning, go ahead. It doesn't matter now. No, I was going to say, did you know the hammer recovery <laughs> straps no, no. rigging accessories? Oh, wait. What else? They also uh, make winches. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the deal. People are going to go if, – if your joke would have fallen flat, nobody would have remembered. But because this happened, they're going to go, hey, remember Warren? Yeah, Lightning and Holman totally botched their joke, and they make all the stuff. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, do we have to apologize to Andy, too? No, I don't want to apologize. We don't want to apologize? No, nah, we've been, we've been nah. apologizing in advance. Oh, you know what? Hold on. I'll just give him one quick apology. Right, how about one apology? Right. We are deeply sorry. Uh, that's right, just going to end it yeah, there? Yeah, just, All right. just one. All right, so, uh, Andy, there's so much to talk about. I don't, I don't know where to start. I think uh, a good spot might be... With the uh, the rebirth 
the uh, the evolution of the legendary 8274. And it's one of those things that if you know, you know. And I don't know. <laughs> so bring me up to speed, both of you, please. Sure, yeah. Well, I can tell you, I can certainly start out here. Uh, the M8274 is possibly, uh, more than likely, our, our most iconic product. It was, uh, it's sort of the, the winch that, that got us to be uh, sort of most well-known. Uh, and it's, it's got a unique style and unique sound and, and unique features that, uh, that aren't found on any other product uh, on the market. So uh, it's the fastest winch we make. It's got the longest uh, rope uh, length that we offer. And uh, uh, we, it's been for sale since 1974. And it just got its, I would say, first major mainstream big time update in in many years so uh, what took of, you so long <laughs> yeah well, well you, hey, know what? If you it, don't it, mess it with perfection that's it's right great. oh really that's right you don't mess with perfection these things are so badass there i had one on my 51 willie cj3a and it just fit wait i didn't know you had a 51 willie cj3a i did and oh wait you it, said it it was perfect show. because of the 8274 <laughs> sitting on the front but what's awesome is there's nothing that sounds like them they're fast. No, wait. They're powerful. Stop. And some dude it's in the It's not U- an exhaust system, so I don't no, no. understand why. Is it like a supercharger? It has wire? an external yeah. spur gear on it. Okay. Yeah. And there's some dude in the UK that puts dual motors on those things, which is so awesome. But I can't, well, for what? For why? To make them fast, like uh, racing and- How kind of hurry are you in? <laughs> I got to get myself out of this ditch in 10 seconds. And you can. And he just he hits it and it rips the bumper right off. Okay, here's what's amazing about the M8274. It is made in the United States of America. It is made in Oregon. If you ever go up to Warren, it is this giant manufacturing facility where raw materials come in one door and winches come out the other door. And on their floor, especially, you'll, you'll like this lightning, Warren uses a ton of old um, machines that were used to build World War II bombers and things like that. These these amazing, I guess it would be like the uh, milling and CNC type machines mm-hmm. from yeah, exactly I, right. Andy. Is it from the I guess the the late thirties, early forties, somewhere in there? Yeah, the machines you're referring to are called Wickmans, and they sort of look like giant Gatling guns. But you, what you do is you load up a rod in them, and what they really do, and this is going to sound extremely unromantic, but they basically cut metal donuts, and those donuts are then turned into gears. And so they, they have their roots in the in the 1940s. They were on battleships and stuff like that, I'm told. And and ours have been updated. Uh, ours are more like 1970s vintage, but they've been updated with electronic, you know, controls and all that stuff. But yeah, it's 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 a thing. It's awesome. You just go into this place and it just feels like America. I watched it recently a a, a mini documentary on Leatherman, Leatherman Tools. Uh-huh. And they're up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I think Oregon as well. There's a little hot yeah, of activity up around there. In Portland. Yeah, we have we have a lot of uh, there's a bunch of winch, well there's us, but there's also a bunch of knife manufacturing. Benchmade. Um Benchmade Leatherman Fiskars is up here. Uh probably best known for their scissors, but they make axes and stuff like that. And then I believe uh, I believe Coast is up here as well, so yeah, so like this little uh, cottage industry of uh, of manufacturing, and it's all like uh, really cool products. So Andy, before we uh, move on, let's just uh, really quick hit all the upgrades on the M eighty two seventy four, just so everybody can hear what you guys have done to bring it up to, uh, I guess, a moder- more modern standard. The biggest, uh, the biggest change, the biggest changes, I should say, uh, we've upped the, the pulling capacity for the first time from eight thousand pounds to ten thousand pounds. So it just makes more more sense with uh, heavier vehicles bigger vehicles. Uh, the next 
thing is we now offer it with synthetic rope. Uh, this thing went from 1974 until 2020 with only steel rope. So uh, it now gets a, a lightweight synthetic rope, 150 feet of that. We've also uh, added the six horsepower motor that is found on our 9.5 XP. So we've gone up in power. Uh, we've also added uh, a slightly different control pack that includes an Albright contactor versus solenoid, so it's more more robust, more reliable, more efficient. And then, uh, in addition, there's a couple other differences. We've added some different bushings, some different metal parts to make it more more durable. And then, uh, uh, on top of it, it's now the fastest winch we've ever made uh, at full capacity, which of course is 10,000 pounds. Well, hot damn! <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things. It wasn't just a fresh coat of paint. Not just a fresh coat of paint. And here's a little bit of trivia for people, too, if they didn't already know this. M8274, which is the name of the winch, not the model of the winch. Not the part number, but the, the model name. It actually means something. So M stands for model. 8 stands for 8,000-pound capacity, which, by the way, is 10,000-pound capacity. But uh, anyway. Well, so now the number's eight... wrong. Yeah, right? Now the bottom <laughs> it, it of the bottom's wrong. It, it is. It is. But we were going to have a hard time changing M1074. But anyway, so so you've got M model, 8 capacity. 2 is two-way, meaning that it'll power in and also free spool out. And 74 was the year it was introduced. Okay, so the, the new winch should technically be called the M10220. Yeah, something like that. We're just going <laughs> to stick with 8274. <laughs> Uh, the eighty-two, the M eighty-two seventy-four M ten two twenty edition. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, Lightning, you were curious about the breadth of products that Warren makes, and you were uh, surprised that they do so much stuff. Well, I guess we should stay on winches for just a second. Okay. Here. So, as I go through the website, Warren.com, W A R N dot com, there are so many different winches that I think I would get stuck. I would be a deer in headlights and not. No, you know wouldn't where get stuck because you have a winch. Ah. There Thank we go. You. Thank you. So, I, how do I know? What, do I use the? Do I filter by vehicle on your website and say I have a, you know, a 2007 Jeep? Blah blah blah. Or there's actually a formula mm-hmm. that Andy can tell you about for capacity that you kind of figure that's, out. That's, that's what exactly I'm right. For. Great. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's real easy. So you take the gross vehicle weight rating of your vehicle, oftentimes found like either in the door jam or sometimes in the in the manual. So you take that. You multiply it by 1.5, and that's going to get you your minimum pulling capacity. So that's going to be your baseline uh, winch capacity. So say you've got a Wrangler, say its gross vehicle weight rating is like uh, 5,000, uh, 5,500 pounds. I think if I remember correctly, that's going to be right around the, the I'm, I'm math challenged here, so bear with me. But I, I believe that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like, uh, okay, I'm actually lying here. I'm using the calculator on my computer in front 8250. of 8250. Boom. Gotcha. Go. I got your back, 8250, Andy. right? So you've got an 8,000. 8,000 pound is going to be a little underweight. You might be able to get away with it, but we're going to say, let's go up to a 9 or a 10. Now, you can always go up a little bit, right? If you wanted to go to a 10, that's definitely no problem, right? But what you don't want to do is go too crazy with it, say, putting a 16,500 pound capacity winch on the front of a samurai. <laughs> Not a great idea. You're going to pull the thing apart. Is that, so, oh, because so you just will, but wait. But if you're winching around something and you're trying just to pull yourself up, then mm-hmm. how, how will that hurt? Well, what you can do is you can actually rip, uh, damage the frame. You know, that, that frame is uh, on a samurai, is not. Not designed to take sixteen. Especially and a half if you're thousand. doing like a a side pull 
with and and those uh, winches are physically larger as well. It's so much power. You're you're putting more torque on the frame on an off. You know. So I guess what yeah. you're saying is, if my wheels are so stuck in quicksand mm-hmm. or mud, like it's you're gonna it just, die. I'm just gonna twist it, contort the whole frame. Just lay down and wait for the vultures. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what he said. There's no, no but yeah, it, you're exactly right. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to go too crazy. But again, like yeah, it's pretty common sense, right? So, but going up to a ten thousand pound. Uh, I, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Andy. I don't think it's that common sense, and here's why. Guys always want the beefiest, strongest thing that they buy bumpers that are way too strong that are unnecessary for the truck. And I'm not yours, are but you I'm talking saying, about bumper appropriateness. Uh, bumper appropriateness. We yeah. buy engines that are that we don't need. We we buy a six liter when we should buy a three. Like we just want massive and strong. And if mm-hmm. you overbuild it, you'll never need its capacity, right? Mm-hmm. The, I, the same could be assumed for a winch. If I have, yeah, a, I suppose it. I suppose it could be assumed. Um, so. In which case, stop using common sense and just go back to the <laughs> I will say that uh, my previous JK Wrangler had a, uh, let's see, I had the uh, CTI, the 9500 CTI on it. Uh-huh. And yep. the uh, Andy just uh, took care of me. I've got on the new JL uh, that I just picked up. We've got a Xeon 10S on that. And so I'm looking forward to using that uh, for good. So, Andy, there are dozens and dozens of Chinese winches out there, mm-hmm. and some are cheap, some are expensive. It seems like mm-hmm. a, a couple companies, a private label for everybody. How do you, I know you compete, you're the Rolex, right? And I, you are the creme de la creme, the engineering, it's again, made in America, we know that here locally, but how do you get the message to the guy who is, you know, conscious of every penny spent? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So- all of our all of our truck winches and actually all of our power sports winches, with one exception, uh, do leave our factory in Clackamas, Oregon. The the only exception is our VR Evo line, which is a great line offered 10, uh, 8, 10, and twelve thousand pound capacities. That uh, series is made in China. Uh, that being said, it's also engineered, designed, tested, and uh, ex- extensively tested uh, by us in Oregon. So we wouldn't put our name on something if we didn't believe in it. So, but all of our other products are indeed leaving leaving our our factory in in Oregon. With with that being said, uh, you know you want to. I don't care if you're buying a winch, if you're buying a a recovery strap, or if you're buying a shackle. You gotta you gotta put your put your faith behind brands that uh, are are testing their products, are developing their products not just private labeling it to some unknown company. You know, you buy some of these off-brand winches. I mean, literally, I mean, you could have the lightning winch if you wanted to. You just buy the minimum quantity off of like Alibaba or whatever, <laughs> and they will, they'll put whatever name you want on it. In fact, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. There was another, uh, I, I mean, literally uh, 20 minutes ago, I was talking with, online with somebody today about this. And he said, you know what, this this brand X winch, they really left my friend in a in a in a real pickle. You know, they they got completely stuck on the trail. Their winch broke and it was this cheapy, you know, um, no name brand winch. I don't care where it's from. But the majority of them are coming out of out of China. Um, and you know, it's it's a shame because a lot of people cheap out on this and i i mean listen a lot of us cheap out on something right i bought the 30 dollars cube lights led cube lights off the bat off of amazon for for my jeep at one point but uh and i'm sure the people at at you know rigid and baja designs are going why would you do that when you're spending all this money i i get it 
But at the same time, if you're going to cheap out on something, boy, I would think that something that could recover your your pride and joy, the something that you've put tens of thousands of dollars and and unspeakable amount of of uh, sw- blood, sweat, and tears into, you know, that, that you're willing to skimp out on that, boy, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I I without going too far into it, I I spoke with a with a dude who had a, he had a one of these four-wheel drive sprinter vans, right? And this sucker was $150,000 if it was a penny. And he was balking at the price and balking at the price. And, and I'm looking at this thing going, dude, like, our winch is a drop in the proverbial bucket of this bill. I said, why would you cheap out on something as 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 important as recovery gear? It's and insurance. it's not only a matter, it's a matter of, of safety at some point too. You know, I mean, it, it just is. You want, when you need it, when you need our products to work, when you work in the vehicle recovery industry, you need it to work. You know, why would you gamble with that on a, on a, you know, so a cheapie? That reminds me of, I had gone, I don't know if you remember, but uh, several years ago in Moab, I had gone on a, on the Warren run with you guys and there was mm-hmm. a spot that we needed to winch up and I had a really crappy dual battery system at the time. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is that the charge controller wasn't charging my secondary battery, which the winch was hooked to. So mm-hmm. we had to get up on this obstacle, and I went to use my winch, and it did not work. Oh. And everybody mm-hmm. at Warren, one time you needed well, and everybody at Warren was like mortified, right? They're like, "No, I mean, <laughs> the journalist is here and is war." I mean, and like everybody got on it. Well, we fit, we couldn't take the leads off the secondary battery and reach the primary battery, so somebody winched me up. Warren called me that night and said, we want to check it with the other battery when you get a chance. Otherwise, we want it back. We want to check it and make sure it's okay. Sure enough, winch worked. It was just that that secondary battery wasn't charged. But the fact that Warren personally, their team reached out and said, we want to make sure that this is right and there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with it. And, of course, again, it's right. insurance. Because this is it, it, used for recreation, yes. But if you're stranded somewhere and a winch is your only way to get home, like Andy said, when you need this product, you need it. And I have to tell you, I there are a lot of winch options out there these days. For some reason, the winch market exploded in the last 10 years. There used to be mm-hmm. maybe two or three, and now there's probably 20. But I will tell you, I've always stuck Warren on my personal vehicles, and the brand has always made the, the, the highest quality stuff. And you know, there's a lot of people at Warren that I consider friends, and it's, it's a great company, great product. It's funny because I knew we were doing this interview uh, – when you had first started uh, talking about bringing Andy back on, and I was out at Calico, where they have a bunch of mines. Yeah. We cruise around. I'm in my buddy's Bronco, the tops off, the whole thing. We're, and we come around this band, and the guy is got a uh, – it's a dually, uh, a lifted dually, and he must have come in on the fire road, not off-road. And they were about 10 feet from a, uh, a shaft that went straight down into the ground, about 70 feet or so. And the dude had – lowered his wife down with her helmet on and her straps <laughs> using his winch yeah. into the mine. We used to do that. Okay. And it wasn't to warn. And I thought, this sucker's <laughs> going to break and I'm going to be able to tell Andy about this. He's going to lose his wife. <laughs> He's going to lose his freaking wife now, over a cheap when, Chinese winch. Uh, when I used boy. to go spelunking and, and the, all the uh, gold mines and stuff back for the BLM put grates over all of them. You know, the Mojave Desert Not is, all of them. has got shafts for days. Mm-hmm. We used to pull up a vehicle. We'd do a little, like, uh, A-frame above the shaft with a pulley, and we would run the winch on it. And that's what they had, I too. Would, they had that A-frame. I would only ride Warren. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I'm definitely not going to let our lawyers know about this. No, no, no. I figured you wouldn't be able to comment on it, Andy, but I, I mean, that's the reality is, they, I mean, anyone who says, you know, my, my worn winch is made for 10,000 pounds and, you know, I, my wife's safe on it, I would guess. And, uh, and sure enough, lowering them down, but uh, hmm, that happened. So can you walk us through real quick just the uh, rest of the winch lineup and then we'll move on to all the other great things you guys are up to? Dude. Yeah, you bet. They make bet. backpacks. So, That's all I care they about. They do make backpacks. Backpacks. <laughs> we do, we and have Andy, two backpacks. And, and don't think I'm letting you off the phone without asking you for one, because I'm telling you, I'm warning you now, it's coming. Are you going to... You, you have to uh, profess to the world for uh, like uh, like 10 social posts that they make uh, uh, hubs or something like that. You have to show... Ten? Yeah, you have yeah. to show Andy that you've learned... At least uh, 10. Yeah, at least 10. And I, you didn't just tell... You didn't just warn me, did you? <laughs> No, I actually asked you right there for him. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just have to ask. Okay. So, okay. So, speaking of winches, right? So we make we make a we make a lot of winches, as as said. So, um, right now, the easiest way to look at this is say we have we have a good, better, best scenario. Our good scenario is our VR Evo series, right? This is eight, ten, and twelve thousand pound capacity winches, wi- uh, wire or synthetic, or steel or synthetic rope. Uh, uh, these are going to be IP68 waterproof. They're going to come with a two-in-one wireless remote. They're going to be our standard duty series. They're going to be uh, the, the most price-friendly. And and this is for somebody who has the budget for a Chinese winch, let's be honest, but you mm-hmm. want worn quality. This is this That's is exactly the right. These are going to have the same warranty as all of our other winches, lifetime warranty on mechanical aspects, seven-year on electrical. So uh, so that's going to be your, your good series. Your better is going to be our Xeon lineup. The Xeon lineup is going to be 8, 10, and 12,000 pound capacity, wire or Spidora synthetic rope. So you're going to get a little bit of an upgrade on the rope. It's also going to be IP68 sealed, but this is going to be made with a little bit more premium components. You're going to have a little bit more line speed, uh, a little bit higher quality uh, parts overall on it. Uh, state-of-the-art electronics, that kind of stuff. Uh, going to our best scenario, this is going to be our Xeon Platinum, available in 10 and 12,000 pound capacities. This is going to offer faster line speed, more durability, and everything is 100% wireless. Clutch operation is wireless. Uh, your uh, winching in and out, power in, power out, is going to be wireless. You're going to have the ability to wire up two 12-volt accessories to this. So say you've got an air compressor and a set of lights or a margarita maker and a espresso maker, I don't know. <laughs> um, you can wire those directly to that winch, right? So you've got your, your VR Evo, your Xeon, and Xeon Platinum. Now, we also have two other buckets. Those buckets are going to be our heavyweight series. Heavyweight is going to be for your big trucks. That's going to be a 12,000, 15,000, and 16,500 pound capacity <laughs> winch. Exactly. These are your chest bump, chest pounders, right? So you've got you've got your M12, your M15, and 16.5 Ti, 16.5 Ti. All of those are going to be available with either uh, Wire Rope or Spidor Pro, which is going to be our higher capacity synthetic rope these are going to be more robust construction uh, these are going to be what you're going to want to put on your big full-size trucks your f-350s your your silverado 3500 etc etc these, these now, are pa- st- standard on the power wagon by the way uh worn so winch. Oh, really the the power wagon is made uh has a winch that is manufactured by us for ram uh it is a twelve thousand pound capacity winch yeah so uh these are not inexpensive like these are uh, well above two thousand dollars like so we it's so legit. the big boy truck big boy yeah. budget right it, this is true this is true uh, so and then also we have a, what we call our specialty and classic series winches these are the ones that people 
you know, their, their fathers and grandfathers had. And we can't stop making them because people don't stop buying them because they still want them. This includes the M8274, but also includes classics like our M8000 or M8, which is one of my favorite little winches. I have one of those. Um, and then uh, our XD9000 and our uh, XD9, even our 9.0RC, which is our uh, winch that we build specifically for the rock crawling crowd. Short drum, fast, super lightweight, and compact. So that's that's the truck lineup. So there are a lot of a lot of uh, of choices, and we're always you know we we pride ourselves on customer service at Warren, and we're always open to uh, messages through our Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or just by calling our uh, our headquarters. So let's talk about real quick the difference between uh, wire rope and your Spidera, because probably what ten years ago when synthetic came on. Um, it it was sort of like uh, well, I don't know UV and I don't know about strength and right. over time technology has changed acceptance has changed the safety is better on a synthetic rope it floats all that kind of stuff talk about how synthetic has really kind of turned the corner and is really the the the, the rope of choice now for for most winch buyers yeah but I prefer cheap um, uh, steel rope that uh, frays and then tears up my hands. I mean, if, if given the option, I want blood. Oh, well, we have okay. products for you. Yeah, yeah. We have products for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a it's a great all all great points. You know, within the last ten years, synthetic has really ramped up and become the product of choice. I I run it on all my rigs. I'm pulling cable probably more than most people because I do a lot of instruction and all that kind of stuff too. The the pro, they definitely have their pros and cons for both and it's a total personal preference right so steel rope we've been selling it since 1959 on our winches we still offer all of our winches with an option for steel rope steel rope is super durable you know you remember that whole remember the whole honey badger thing honey badger don't care right whatever that's kind of like steel rope steel rope is super durable you can pull it over a log you know, you can do all these things. It's not going to damage the rope nearly as easily as synthetic, right? So the, the pros are it's super, super durable, and um, it's great for utility options. If you're using your winch on the farm to, to move heavy, heavy machinery or you're using it in a utility application, steel is a great option. And there are some people who still use steel in a recreational setting. They prefer it. It's a known entity to them. Synthetic rope is lightweight. It's easy to handle. Like you guys are saying, it doesn't, uh, unfortunately, lightning, it doesn't bring up the, the blood aspect in the, in the bars. <laughs> so, um, so, but, but, if I'm, uh, but, but Andy, if I'm rock crawling and I'm, I'm in Johnson Valley, am yes. I using a synthetic? Because it's going over rocks. Like if I'm, it's not a straight shot where it's just suspended in the air. Right. It's going over sharp rocks. My right. choice is... It's so a- it's up to you. The choice is yours. But what I'm going to say is, is if you are pulling cable a lot, like you're rock crawling a lot, I'm still going to go with synthetic. And here's why. Synthetic is easier to work with. I, I was at a, a Jeep Jamboree, uh, which is a, an event that Warren is a sponsor of. And I was out in Tillamook State Forest. It was a Tillamook, State Forest, a Tillamook Jeep Jamboree two years ago. And it was absolutely pouring down rain. It was it was it was the most Oregon moment ever, and super super wet, super muddy trails. There was this one section, an uphill with a chicane, and in the middle of the the corner was a stump, and it was tricky. And this one one gentleman gets up there, and he had a very nicely built, uh, I believe it was a YJ, and uh, he he needed to pull cable. And I got out there, and it was just pouring down rain. And I get out there, and he's got a I think it was an XC nine thousand winch. Uh, and with steel cable, and so we pulled that cable out, and we used, he had 80 feet of it on there, I think, and I think we pulled 90 feet of it. 
Or excuse me, we pulled 70 feet. Did I mention my math challenge? That's a lot of uh, extra rope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Warren it's, it's actually incredible. gives you, uh, it's like a gas gauge. When you get down right. to zero, you just right. keep still going. Yeah. Yeah, goes, yeah. Reserve line, yeah. So um, anyway, we pulled 70 of 80 feet off there. And you know, we got them up the hill. And now I had 70 feet of bird's nested uh, cable on the ground. Man, what a pain. It works, but it, it, it's not as easy to work with. So the other nice thing about that, uh, synthetic rope is it doesn't store as much potential energy. Now, I, I, this is probably the number one question we get at shows. I've been asked it a million times, which is, you know, what's better, steel or synthetic? Well, it's, it, like I said, the choice is yours. Both need to be treated with respect. I've been, I've been a part of controlled winch, um, winch line uh, testing before, and I've watched both break. And, you know, you, you run into these people who go, God, yeah, you know, steel rope, when it breaks, it's going to snap back and it's going to kill uh, kill your family and maybe, you know, seven people in the county, and it's just horrible, you know? And, and then if it and, gets near that preschool, look out. Oh, look look out. And, it's like a helicopter and, you know, blade, right? Just yeah, right. whipping oh, through town. Yeah. Uh, right, right. And then then they go, yeah, synthetic. When it when it breaks, it just drops to the ground. It's, no, it it's still sunshine hurts. And, it's sunshine and unicorns. It's no big deal, you know? And, and the bottom line is you got to treat both with respect, and you need to follow the safety procedures on both. But I, I personally prefer synthetic. And going back to your your question, if you're in Johnson Valley, the deal is is use your sliding sleeve. So our our synthetic rope comes with a ballistic nylon sliding sleeve. This is basically a chafe guard that goes can be slid up and down. So if you need to winch over a rock in Johnson Valley, move that sliding sleeve down on top of that rock. It allows the synthetic rope to pass through without any fears of abrasion. So uh, cliff notes. Synthetic rope is lightweight, easy to handle, but more prone to abrasion, uh, less uh, potential energy. Steel rope, extremely durable. You can winch over just about anything, um, but it does store more potential energy, and uh, you know it, it does weigh a bit more. You'll save, you'll save. Oh, I don't know, somewhere between eight and eighteen pounds uh, by switching over to synthetic rope. For those of you counting calories. Now, can you, if a synthetic rope breaks? Can you braid it back together and still have a strong connection? You can actually. Uh, there's a number of companies, another uh, a number of products out there. Factor 55 being one of them that offers a uh, a uh, splicing kit that allows you to splice your winch. You could do it on the trail and then uh, have a uh, you know be be ready to go. There are there are some old school ways of of repairing wire rope. Our, our basic theme on the whole deal is though is if the rope is compromised. I mean that, this is that's a trail fix. But like you know, if the rope is compromised, either way, it's time to replace the rope. You and you guys wanna, sell you that. Wanna, you guys, you can order new rope from from Warren. I can't just pick up, put a bow tie in it. You know what I mean? Just like tie it like a shoelace. Yeah, well, you can, you can, but nobody else can. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you want me to die. That's why. Uh, right, well, yeah, I, I did not say that. <laughs> only if uh, only if the Instagram TV is on. Now wait. Mm. All right. So Andy, you brought up the two magic words, factor and fifty-five. Now Correct. that was a recent acquisition by uh, Warren and Strategic, and we have been following the guys at uh, at Factor Fifty Five for for years. And mm-hmm. small organization, but making a huge impact in the off road community. Um, with the accessories for winching. So how did that come about? Uh, they make a, a very good product, uh, the closed system winching, uh, and American-made product as well. So we had a lot of uh, values that aligned uh, you know, in that respect. So uh, we were super – I was thrilled to, to be able to see Factor 55 uh, you know, become part of the Warren Industries group. So uh, – but, yeah, they make a great product. Uh, they, they have a whole bunch – they do a bunch of testing like we do – and uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a thing. It uh, 
this whole the whole acquisition went down right as the COVID nineteen thing was coming out. So we were all kind of notified, and <laughs> that was then we all worked. Then the, the world home, ended. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, those guys make a great product. They make a, a great accessory to uh, to to your winch, and I know that they they do a lot of testing. They operate still operate completely. Um, autonomously from us so every now and then I'll say hey can I get one of those factor 55 you know flat links I'm like well you're gonna actually have to talk to them still they they still do all that on their end so but uh, yeah we're, we're definitely happy to have them on board uh, have them a part of our company it, it's a it's a perfect synergy if you will so how did their product line influence some of the things that are at Warren because you guys have your closed winch systems like epic uh, mm-hmm. and how do those uh, how, how will those products work together going forward in the future yeah, that's a great question. Um, in terms of in terms of right now, you know, we're still selling our our uh, Warren Sidewinder, uh, which is our our take on uh, you know what we call a, a sort of a, it's it's basically the idea is that you're replacing your hook and you're using uh, um, something that doesn't involve a hook, so it's a hook replacement. So we're still going to continue to sell that. Obviously, Factor Fifty Five is still going to continue to sell to sell their products as well. And uh, so I don't know if there's to be completely honest. I'm not sure what the what the strategy is in terms of uh, you know if I don't believe we're going to discontinue our product, uh, the one product. Uh, I think it'll be sold as as basically a, another avenue, which is what it's always been in, to begin with, was simply another way to do things. All right, I had a question about Fairleads. Now, Fairleads is the opening and and what the uh, the cable or the synthetic rope runs through. Right. right? So you have two kinds: mm-hmm. you have pause or roller. And so that yep. was my question: yep. is that how do I choose? Is one for steel and one for synthetic? Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Or because I see on the website there's there's quite a few offerings. Yeah. So the way we do it at Warren is we say if you're using wire rope, use a roller style fair lead. If you're using synthetic, then you're going to want a Haas style fair lead. So, and you're right, we offer a few different Haas style fair leads, uh, most of which are, are simply cosmetic. So um, at the, at the so it's lowest common denominator, we have our uh, cast iron Haas fair lead. Uh, it is literally exactly that, a cast iron fair lead. So next up, we have a polished aluminum Haas Fairlead. This is going to be your standard issue thing with, like, say, our Xeon and Xeon Platinum. And this is going to be a polished cast aluminum bit. And then uh, we also now offer our Epic Fairleads, which are going to be forged aluminum. It's a forged T6068, I believe, um, and a hard anodized uh, forged piece. And it's super durable, available in one and one and a half inch thicknesses. Which by the way, it's funny, he, coming to a JL near you very oh, soon. Oh, really? Yeah. And by the way, he couldn't just do 6061 like everybody else. He's got to do 6068 because 6061 <laughs> just wasn't good enough. <laughs> okay, don't quote me on that. It's it's like almost 9 o'clock out here. So I think that's <laughs> I think that's what it is, but it is definitely forged. It's definitely billet aluminum, and it's definitely hard anodized in your choice of uh, polished gunmetal or black finishes. We also offer what we call now our, I believe we call it our premium forged fairly. Oh boy, I don't even remember off the top of my head, but it is a, it looks like our aluminum one, but it's actually forged. So, and that's available in polished or black as well. So you but, guys never knew that there were so many, uh, so many uh, available options for a freaking four lead uh, fairly. Yeah. Fairly Depot. We could change our name to that. <laughs> really so, uh, you know, my uh, my Jeep and my Xeon 10 came with a uh, obviously a Haas Fairlead, mm-hmm. but it's chrome and there's nothing chrome on it. And so I'm like, hey, Randy, I like that. Gu- I like the gunmetal one. No, there. what are you talking about? Just just wrap it. 
I'm not just wrapping it with vinyl. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, well, that's oh, a, that's a SEMA. That's a SEMA uh, sure thing right there. Oh, sure that's is. what I'm. You know what? I never thought anybody would do that. Now I have to go to SEMA this year looking for wrapped fair leads. I've seen oh, wrapped God. everything. By the way, wrapped fair yeah. leads uh, opening up uh, this year. At, uh, no, no, no. That was canceled. Oh, were they canceled COVID. COVID? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they canceled. Yeah, they were going to play the Troubadour, but not anymore. No, no fun for anybody. Well, I know Troubadour. All right, so Andy, what coming from the the 9.5 CTI on my old Jeep and moving up to mm-hmm. the Xeon 10S on my new one, mm-hmm. I think I probably am representative of a lot of people who have maybe had their Jeep for 10 or 15 years, probably had a 10 or 15-year-old or, or older winch on their last vehicle, now stepping up into a JL or a Gladiator or a Ranger or all the other things that are out there right now. What are the differences and, and what can the end user expect to see with today's modern version of your winches versus maybe just 10 or 15 years ago on their last vehicle? So the things you're going to see are, are improved technologies, improved efficiencies, and improved durability. So that, that CTI, great winch, based originally on the 9.5 TI, TI, and CTI standing. The TI aspect is thermometric indicator. So those winches would actually display an LED on the remote when the winch got hot. The C in CTI stands for contactor, so you had a, a contactor versus solenoids. Anyway... Um, not to nerd jack the conversation, but anyhow, um, no, we're, the, ge- uh, we're geeking out. I'm all about it. Oh, Let's yeah. do it. We oh, love, yeah. we love right. nerd jacking. We got to do that. By the way, nerd jacking was opening up for, uh, uh, <laughs> rap fairly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were. <laughs> rap fairly. The whole thing went like down their... in flames though. Yeah, they yeah. did. <laughs> I preferred Rap Fairly's earlier albums, but that's just me. Anyway, yeah. so over um, time, they definitely right. well, they lost that that one dude, uh, the drummer. The, was it the drummer? Yeah. No, I thought it was the dude on the piano. It no, just, it didn't they, work remember out. Remember, they lost it. the drummer, and then they brought in a bongo player. Oh, it was the bongos? Yes. Yeah. It had one arm, if I remember correctly, but uh, I could be getting my. No, no, it's right because here. he left and then he's he wanted he formed a band called the One Arm Bongo Players, right? <laughs> but it's but, like a, but it was only one guy, so it was really the One Arm Bongo Player. So just Ooh. like the M eighty two seventy four, the naming convention was all jacked up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, but, uh, I'm sorry. It's good talking with you, folks. I'm leaving now. No, anyway. So okay. So getting back to it. So you're gonna get newer. You're gonna get newer technology. So like the Xeons are gonna be a symmetrical style too. So your your winch everything is going to be dead center um that's just uh that's honestly more of a styling thing than anything but you're going to get uh you're going to get more efficiency through uh our use of what we call bus bars bus bars are going to be uh copper uh bars that run from the contactor the winch controller to the motor it's a higher efficiency versus running simply uh wires so like on our standard duty winches we're still running wires on our xeon and xeon platinum we're running bus bars it's more efficient uh, you're also going to get a, a one-piece cast uh, alloy drum with through rope uh, attachment point. So what that is is you run the rope through the drum as, as opposed to just turning it, putting it uh, on the side of the drum flange with a set screw. This actually goes through the drum and has a one-way uh, puck. And that puck doesn't it basically prevents the winch for a winch rope from pulling out of the of the the drum. So it's super super sturdy. Uh, by the way, you're gonna, By the way, horrible horrible thing when your winch rope pulls out off the end of the drum. I've seen that happen at like top truck challenge and stuff. And you're going, oh, that's yeah, bad, bad bad. You always want to. Here's today's tech tip: yeah. when you have a, a a winch with synthetic line, you want to leave uh, an entire wrap of of rope on that drum at a minimum. And then if you have steel rope, you want to leave at least five wraps on the drum. That'll help prevent, you know, the, the winch rope from coming off. So, but anyhow, um, so you're also going to get 
uh, in, uh, different controls. So you're going to get Albright control, uh, Albright, excuse me, Albright contactor control with the Xeon and Xeon Platinum. That's going to be better performance. Uh, and then you're going to get improved brake and improved. Uh, it's like a six-segment cone brake that's on the inside of the of the Xeon and Xeon Platinums. So uh, you're just looking at at more modern technology, more more upgraded design, sturdier construction. You're going to have a what we call a tie bar versus tie plates. So uh, our almost actually our VR Evo, the Xeon N, Xeon Platinum all use a tie bar. So that's a single plate that mounts across uh, the drum, attaches to the gear end housing and the motor end housing, and provides increased structural rigidity. At what point, Andy, did the company uh, decide to do their own bumpers? When it was when uh, were you at like Seaman? You said. I can't stand to see our winches bolted into these crappy freaking bumpers. <laughs> Let's just make our own for God's sakes. So this is one of these things where we've been making bumpers for about 40 years. So we ha- we're we not new to the bumper industry. I oh, had a so- worn transformer on yep. my 94 Ranger Splash. Absolutely. And I will, I will tell you one of my favorite memories of all time is with my grandfather. And I had got the Warren Transformer. So if you remember back in the 90s, Warren had this uh, modular uh, brush guard system that mounted over your steel bumper on your truck. And you could put the light guards on it. You could have just the uprights, just the center section, just the the winch plate, the carrier, however you wanted to do it. And uh, you could go full kit on it or you could go, I just want this look of a push bar and all that stuff. And I had gotten it for Christmas for my Ranger and realized it didn't have tow hooks on it. And so I called my grandpa up and I said, Grandpa. Uh, I got this thing. I'm going to install it, but it doesn't have tow hooks on it, and my truck doesn't have tow hooks. So can you help me install it? Yeah, sure. Come over. So uh, I got a set of tow hooks, and uh, we used his 1942 Dunlap drill press. And with my grandpa standing there squirting oil while I was drilling the holes out in the worn transformer for the uh, for the hooks. And in my garage today, I used it yesterday to uh, to drill some holes in a bracket as we're going. I still have that drill press, and my grandpa and I used it. And our first project together was on a Warren transformer. So there you go. Oh, that is so cool. We, P.S. We still offer the transformer. Uh, we have three generations of it now, though. So we we do still have a few offerings for the for the transformer for some of our older applications. But now we're offering our Gen three transformer, and that's still a, a real popular o- option for a, a lot of people, especially like municipalities and stuff. Uh, they're not looking to replace the whole bumper. They don't look. At, they don't need a full size bumper. They just want a way to mount a winch and maybe a, a place to put some lights and and protect those headlights. So we we still offer that. Andy, do you guys ever obsolete an item, or is everything just too <laughs> sentimental? <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. We we do have a lot of products that uh, that have been around since the pri- you know, organisms were call- crawling out of the primordial ooze. <laughs> but um, that's because people still want them and still buy them. They, we do go through what we call a skew rationalization from time to time. And we go through and we look at each one of those skew numbers and go, okay, how many of these have we really sold in the last couple of years? And does it still make sense? So like, for instance, uh, we recently, and by recently, I mean like, I guess like uh, two years ago, recently uh, got rid of the Warren Power Plant. Power Plant was a, was a super cool product uh, that combined either 9,500 or 12,000 pound winch with an air compressor on board. So every magazine guy for about five years had one of those things. The one place where we would we would get asked about it all the time was Easter Jeep Safari. So not even kidding. Like the year before, I maybe have been the it had been out for ten years, a decade, right? And I would still get people come up to me and ask me if we had that new air compressor winch. 
<laughs> hey, you, you know how they years, decided dude. to obsolete it, Lightning? They went to Easter Jeep Safari last year, and nobody asked about it. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So we do we do obsolete stuff, uh, but we do have a, a, quite a quite a breadth of product. You know, I know we get a lot of a lot of um, requests for us to bring back. Speaking of bumpers, our our worn enforcer bumpers. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys may may be familiar with a, a, a monster truck by the name of Bigfoot. And, no, no, not, yeah. not familiar. Never heard yeah. of them. Yeah. I, check out, there's a white website called Wikipedia on this thing called the Internet. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's new technology. But anyway, uh, this this thing called Bigfoot, this monster truck, back in the 80s, it actually, he, they, worn, uh, they wore, it wore a worn Enforcer bumper. And we still get, every now and then we get, hey, why don't you guys bring back, well, you know, I got an 85 Chevy short wide. Uh, you know, you guys would sell thousands of those things. Well, <laughs> yeah. Turns I mean, out not so the, much. The, well, the problem is, is the bumper is worth more than most of those short wides. So, um, you know, we we don't we don't generally retroactively go off, you know, make make mounting systems for for some of the older vehicles simply because the volume isn't there and and you know, the costs aren't aren't real, you know, in 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 line. So, but but yeah, we've been making bumpers for a long time. We make currently make bumpers for all the Jeep models going back to CJ's. Uh, we have our Ascent line, which is going to be uh, a low-profile off-road bumper for late-model pickup trucks. And then uh, we have our Transformer line, uh, which we were just talking about. My and favorite we, is your mm-hmm. semi-hidden kits, especially for the Colorado, the yeah. uh, Toyotas, because they all have yep. wraparound plastic bumpers. And when you take the bumper fascia off to do an off-road bumper, they don't always really look good uh, because you have to cut the uh, the plastic and the cut lines between the headlights and all that. But you guys do this really bitchin' semi-hidden kit where just the center section of the bumper, it's stylized, but you cut that out, and it's got the the uh, winch mounting plate and everything, and it looks factory. I, I, I think that's one of my favorite uh, bumper designs that, that are out there right now. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, uh, it is a, a great way to maintain the factory lines of the vehicle while still adding a, a little bit of extra protection and then uh, a winch up to 12,000 pounds. And like you said, we offer that for the Colorado. We offer that for uh, Tacoma, for Forerunner. Uh, I believe we offer it now for Tundra and uh, a couple other applications now. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool, cool deal. Real popular with the Toyota crowd. Before we move on uh, from uh... – or, or I guess before we end, I'd like to uh, touch on uh, hubs because mm-hmm. that is a killer part of the business that helped launch Warren, that Warren was known for. You guys still do hubs for brand-new OE trucks, believe it or not. Yeah, we do. Well, there are very few uh, brand-new OE trucks that, that utilize a, a, a manual locking hub. We still do offer Super Duty um, uh, manual locking hubs, yes, but we offer hubs for you know all sorts of vehicles. Still, uh, all the all the Jeep earlier Jeep stuff, Fords, you know, Toyotas that still utilized a, a locking hub system, etc. So, yeah, the hub business we we got into. That's what we really hung our hat on. I mean, that's where we started. Was 1948. Uh, we came out with this uh, invention that allowed the Jeeps coming back from World War II to it was actually sort of to unlock the hubs because they were locked in, and it, it was a it was really cool. It came with a little tin and two two um, hubs, and you basically used a wrench and put them on. So uh, obviously things have evolved quite a bit from that. But we offer two lines of hubs. We have our our standard duty and premium duty hubs, our premium premium hubs, and. Uh, uh, yeah, we've uh, all sorts of all sorts of applications still. Um, 
even some of the we still offer things for like uh like i think isuzu troopers even you know so uh but yeah hub business is where we where we started out in 1948 and then in the late 50s we pioneered the electric uh, self-recovery winch and and moved on from there so what's next for warren what what industry are you going to uh, start next Oh, uh, you will find out shortly. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait what? Is there, is there oh, news? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I would, I would love to, uh, to be able to tell you right now, but I simply cannot. But we're we're expanding our, our lineup, so a little bit more. You'll you'll find out here in the next couple of months. We're we're that doing some new stuff. This is under embargo. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, so I'm anyways. curious now because I was sort of being a smartass. We have well, some news coming out. Okay, so, hold uh, on a second. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Is this another acquisition? No. Okay. That oh. I can tell you, it is not. Even so, better. Oh. But uh, we will have some cool new product coming out. In fact, we'll have some. We'll have a couple of, uh, of cool new products here coming out in the next uh, next couple of months. So stay tuned. Huh. 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 Hey, I do. Hey, Lightning. Any guesses on uh, what Warren is going to do next? Is it a backpack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has an extra pocket. <laughs> I know it sounds lame, but I it's for some reason I ended up on that tab on Warren.com, and I was like, I instantly started salivating over do the Do you gear, want just the backpack, the or do you want all the stuff that comes in it, like the I mean, tree savers and the the uh, recovery uh, ropes or straps or I was checking gloves? The, the epic modular duffel, the, yeah. epic, the epic roll-top backpack. Uh, yeah, we have the whole line of, of products so called much. Epic Trail Gear, and it's yeah. all soft goods, duffel bags, tool rolls, um, gear pouches, backpacks, all that kind of stuff. So all real, real nice stuff. Congrats on that. I'm just going to stare at it for a little while and uh, <laughs> maybe ask Coleman to call you after the... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think Andy changed his number after this, though. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think I'll be... He won't I answer would. my call. I would. I'm losing yeah. you. I'm going through a tunnel. Sorry, guys. I'm losing <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Wow. If... if uh, Who knew, if, right? If you're in the, uh, the mood to shop recovery gear... Warren. Or bumpers, com. or bumpers, or armor, or armor, or backpacks, or backpacks, <laughs> or soft goods for yes. recovery. Winches. Oh yeah, winches. Hubs. They make winches. Yeah, hubs. Yeah. Bumpers. Hey, do you guys uh, give tours of uh, of the of the headquarters up there? Well, right now we're not giving tours. Well, of course, because of the whole the world COVID ended, thing. But yeah. we uh, we have been known to give tours, mostly to media. Uh, we generally don't do do public tours, but. Uh, you know, you never know, uh, depending on the situation. How about two podcast hosts who would like to bring the inner workings of Warren uh, in a uh, a more intimate way to their audience? We absolutely, we encourage podcast tours, uh, but please check with us first. <laughs> Will you get a backpack at the end? <laughs> For the record, no backpacks. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm... Oh, how dare you? <laughs> publicly booed for the first time. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. Well, you know, we try and uh, we try to make the truck show podcast an experience, Andy, and we want to make mm. sure everybody walks away with uh, I don't know, some sort of an experience. Good, mm. bad, and different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was yours? <laughs> no, don't oh, yeah. tell us. We don't want to know. We don't want to know. All right, <laughs> let's go to, you guys go to warn.com or uh, your At favorite Warren. retailer. Exactly. Well, Andy, thank you uh, for putting up with our shenanigans. We appreciate it. Was it was my pleasure. And uh, I, I think our listeners know that Warren is the top of the heap when it comes to recovery. So you guys know Warren.com. And at Warren Industries, if you want to check him out on Facebook, 181,000 followers. 
I mean, that's solid for a brand page. We need yeah, a that's a, freaking... that's Instagram. Yeah, we've got almost seven hundred thousand on Facebook. We're yeah, not we need some social here. love. Yeah, <laughs> shine some of that light back on us, homie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are at we are at Warren fans on on Facebook at Warren Industries on Instagram and at Warren Industries on uh, on uh, Twitter, and then we do have a Facebook. See uh, a, br- a brand, well. a brand. It, people, everyone throws around the term brand. Oh, I'm going to start a brand. I'm going to start a clothing brand. I'm going to start a, a a Jeep gear brand. I'm going to start what? You can't just start a brand. A brand happens over time and stick to and fans. If you don't have fans, you don't have a brand. And Warren has fans. And they also have longevity. Right. And I'm ah. totally using stick to from now on. <laughs> uh, that, that's a hashtag. We're going to do it with this episode. You should. It's, yeah, Warren stick to That's right. <laughs> how many, I, I'm curious, how many generations potentially do you have of, of customers at this point? Oh, well, Six? I mean, going back, going back to the- The early days? Know, yeah, you know, to the to the early fifties, late forties. This is a super quick story. When I first got hired on at Warren Industries in two thousand and six, I was talking to my mother in law. My mother in law emigrated from Germany in the late sixties, and I told her I got a new job, and she said, "Where? Oh, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm going to be working in marketing for a company that makes winches called Warren Industries." And she stops and goes, "Oh, I know Warren Vinch." Yeah, we we had a Warren Vinch on the on the GMC. We used it to help build our house, and I was I almost fell over. I couldn't believe it. My my at the time seventy five year old mother in law knew of Warren Industries because they she and her husband had a winch on the front of their of their GMC. I actually wrote a blog post about it on the Warren blog. So that's just to give you an idea of like how 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 long we've been around and how many people know who we are. And I'm not I'm really not trying to sound conceded or, or anything like that i'm i'm very proud to work for this company here let, let me do it for you company. andy warren winches <laughs> the winch that built and fed america <laughs> wait fed america well yeah the farmers were using it <laughs> oh, on their okay. on their uh, farm implements yeah absolutely uh, yeah I mean, yeah. that's, that's solid. That might be a little too boastful. You think that you think that's a little heavy? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, about, we don't have soybean seeds or anything like that. But uh... warren the winch that rescued america Recovered America. Oh, recovered. I like that. Oh, recovery. I love oh, it. Recovered America. Uh, oh. oh, I mean, solid. If you're ever so, looking for a marketing guy, let me know because uh, let you know this podcast thing might not work out you after know, all. He, he is the marketing guy, so that would mean he'd have to leave. No, no, uh, because they have so many products, he uh-huh. needs another uh-huh. guy there with him to to help spread a, the word. A sub brand manager. Sure, I see. a sub brand yeah. manager. Yeah. I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. My pleasure. All right, talk to you. All right, brother. Talk See to you. Soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Holman, you know, uh, my father is the only person that I know personally that prefers Pepsi over Coke. I, I've had some cousins. Uh, we don't talk to them anymore. I've threatened to disown my father over this. I, it's, I'm like, how do you- It's not How do you better. like this? It's just, it's it's brown snot. Is it brown snot? No, though? it's not that bad. It is if you leave it out in the sun and some yeah. of the water, to, uh, you know, um, evaporates from I, it. I thick. bring it up because it's all we have in the fridge here. Yeah. In oh, there's water. Yeah. Oh, this is. I don't know if it's better than water. It's just mm. different. I need this. I need sugar because it's yeah. late when we're recording this. No, no, we're doing this live during the day. We don't do this at midnight every <laughs> single week. Uh, we are not for years. We're not smart. It comes down to us uh, having a lack of intelligence. That's really what it's about. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I would. Here's some email. You email? Yeah. 
gentlemen, who is first? You're not a beatboxer, dude. You guys are still kicking ass. Subject line from Robert Bayless. Hey, Holman and Lightning. No, you've got to flip. So it's hey, Lightning and Holman. Huh, I don't think the that's Nicola right. tour was amazing. It sounds like when they toured Jurassic Park for the first time <laughs> before all the running and screaming. Seriously, though, thank you guys for providing a spark to inspire me to change careers. What? What? Why would we inspire anybody <laughs> to do anything? <laughs> wait, hold on. Does he really write that? Does he thank not have you? a wait. family that loves him and instead he's attached himself to us? I must have read this incorrectly. Okay, let me read, I'm read, do read it again. Slower. Here we yeah, go. Put your glasses on. Here we go. I don't have glasses. Thank you guys for providing a spark to inspire me to change careers. He really typed that. Hmm. Huh. Let's keep reading. Because of you and your wonderful guest bogey, I am heading to UTI to start automotive tech training. Wow. Similar to her, I got a four-year degree, international relations, and have not been seeing much come of it. Back in high school, Votech was not an option for successful people, quote unquote. I hate that I listened. While ultimately, I really want to work on those wonderful machines from Stuttgart. Mopars and Nissans are definitely also at the top of the list for specializations. Throw the OG yeah buddy in there for me and always mounter those parameters. Oh, and five freaking stars. Yeah, buddy. Mouncer, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Five star review. Five stars. Thank you, Robert. We are uh, flattered. Flattered, to say the least. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty solid. Uh, I've got one here from uh, Jeffrey Parker Brown, who uh, subject line is, What Apple Thinks of Your Podcast. Uh, he says, Looking at the host and guest section of the Chuck Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, something just doesn't look right. Just take a quick glance at the screenshot below, and you'll see what your initials appear to spell out. What's he talking about? Uh, under hosts and guests, if you go on the Apple Podcast app, it has me listed before you. And uh, since we don't have photos apparently associated with ourselves uh-huh. on Apple, it's just our initials. So it says SH and then JT. And if you look <laughs> at it really fast, it doesn't look like that's what it says. Yeah. But more importantly, I think he's burying the headline. I think the fact that uh, this one uh, shows even Apple believes my name should be first. Couldn't help but think of you guys in the subject line from Brad Fair. So Brad has a, uh, looks like he attached an advertisement from CP Addict. And he's uh, it's an ad for a digital gauge monitor of the Insight CTS3. Boo! You know damn well that that is a, uh, a competitor product. Uh, for, wait, oh, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, one of the uh, one of the bullet points for their selling, uh-huh. you know, points for, yeah. this, for this gauge is monitor key vehicle parameters. Now, it could also be parameters. Nope, it's not. It's, it's definitely it's parameters. It's gotta be parameters. Master, monitor key engine parameters. Although there is a clip of her saying key engine parameters in the long version of that, isn't it? Yeah, I believe is. it's exactly the uh, the phrasing. It is uh, probably what she was reading. Those copy points. Probably. Well, the CTS-3 wasn't out then. It was the CTS-2, I think. Was was that the copy she was reading from? It could have been. Oh, interesting. We've got an email here from Ben Peterson. says, Packaging, episode 130. Hey, Lightning and Holman. Just finished up listening to your interview with Baja Forge and was interested when you mentioned that packaging is a pain in the ass. 
My family and I own a packaging company located in Wisconsin that specializes in small run custom packaging, so I figured that I would reach out in case you hear of anyone still struggling with this. It gets tough when working with huge packaging companies to work out samples and designs for smaller quantities, which would probably apply to many of the boutique car parts manufacturers that you guys have on your show. If you ever run across anyone looking for help, feel free to give them my information or have them check out our website. As for me, I really appreciate the podcast. I started listening last winter when researching a new truck purchase. I was comparing the Titan, ZR2, and Gladiator. In the end, my wife and I ended up with a new Jeep Gladiator Rubicon in granite crystal metallic. We really love the thing and are looking forward to getting into the world of Jeep aftermarket parts once we get a few payments under our belt. My previous vehicle was a 2000 Nissan Xterra. Oh, nice. It says, uh, and seeing the difference in technology and aftermarket support with a brand new Jeep is truly incredible. Keep up the good work. And that's from Ben Peterson. And he says, P.S. All this cheese curd talk is making me hungry. If you guys are ever in West Central Wisconsin, we can go on a gladiator tour of the local cheese shops and small town bars. Have you two ever had curds so fresh they're still warm? If not, put it on top of the bucket list. No, nope. why is that? No. no. He's inviting us to drink beer and eat cheese in Wisconsin. Beer, yes. Cheese curds, bad. Why? No, you don't know that. You've never had them. I'm going to make you go somewhere and eat it's cheese curds It's got the name me. curd in it. It just sounds gross. Curd. Cheese curd. Like curdle. Like, like you know, milk is curdling. No, it's it's cheese is getting deliciousing. Is that is are you sure? I, I'm telling you. All right. So, what do you give me if I end up liking them? And I'm honest about it. I'll tell you if I. If, if <sighs> well, I'm, there's a problem. I don't know if you're you're honest about it. I will be honest. <laughs> what are you talking about? Honest about anything? You what will if be I been dishonest? Uh, you t- uh, talking about how you did not have a Mercedes in your driveway? I did not deny it. <laughs> I didn't deny it. I just talked around it. Uh-huh. All right. Very different. Next email. All I'm saying is you have to have cheese curds at some point, but but go ahead. Lightning in Whole Foods is the subject whole line. Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, from Seth Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. I laughed so hard when Holman told his story about the vanity plates being released by Harold. So thanks for that. And I wanted to know who's really at fault for Holman's truck being at Banks unfinished for so long. Is it truly Lightning's responsibility to get it done? Is it supposed to be done on the clock or is it a spare time project? Is Holman getting a friends and family discount? If Holman is getting a discount, then he really can't complain about how long it takes. Maybe he should pay more and it'll be done sooner. You know, I really want to get the truth out there. Wow. Thanks, Seth Anderson. Oh, Seth, P- go, P.S. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Go to hell. P.S. Holman's nickname is because he talks about food so much. And hashtag, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy! And I like Seth. just wanted to let Holman know that Whataburger has a Dr. Pepper milkshake. So that no, is a you win know what? over In-N-Out. Seth Anderson, I don't believe you're a liar. In-N-Out all the way. The real story, and we have touched on this before, is that Holman and Gail, a Banks... Uh, did a deal before I got there. And there was some work done to the truck. And when I got there, he said, let's make a hit list of the things that we only have so much bandwidth, okay? What are the things that we have to get to, that we have to, product launches, projects that have to be done, et cetera. And I said, well, if, if I need to this company to make money, these 10 things have to happen in order for us to make money and me to be employed. And Holman's truck fell somewhere at, like, number 11. Yeah, because you made the importance of your employment more important than me getting my truck done. I Don't you think that everyone would understand that? <sighs> All right, moving right along. Got uh, one here from Jack. 
Jack W. Sandoz, he writes us from time to time. He says, good day, gentlemen. Well, already he uh, got that wrong. Quick story. Good morning. Fabulous. Outstanding. Wonderful. Terrific. Good morning. <laughs> but he said good yeah. day. Good morning. Good day. Close enough. All right. Funny to All me. Right. Quick, uh, it's funny to me, too, because there's a, in, that's a whole insights yeah. thing. Uh, good day, gentlemen. Quick story and a ton of questions. Back in 2016, I watched a video with some bearded fella at the Texas State Fair covering the debut of the TRX concept. Hmm, wonder who that was. Uh, I remember doing that. Holman. And our good friend Jim Morrison uh, went on stage and did a burnout in the TRX concept on the stage at the Texas State Fair and rolled the carpet up around the rear tires in the fender well. It was pretty awesome. How and did he, they get it out? I, I don't even remember. Did I think he put I, it in reverse? Uh, I don't remember what they did. I, I just, guess that wouldn't work. You'd have to lift the ass end of the I truck up into the air. I think that's probably what they ended up doing. I, I just remember that uh, the childlike wonder in Jim's eyes as he was doing a burnout <laughs> on stage was pretty awesome. Uh, no yeah. one said, hey, there's carpet down here. No, that's it doesn't matter. Jim's running a car company. Yeah, you get to do sure cool is. stuff like that and go, hey, uh, you over there. Sorry. Yeah, un- unfurl the carpet from the uh, <laughs> back end of this truck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, uh, started a savings account that week that I called TRX or bust with no idea if it'd ever make it to production. Worst case, future financial stability. Best case, living off top ramen in a badass new truck. Now for the questions. Judging from the interior spy shots I've seen on the internet... I noticed there's no option for two-wheel drive. Am I interpreting correctly that the TRX appears to effectively be full-time four-wheel drive? Sure, I tend to use four-wheel drive at speed because I like the way it handles, but there's still something to be said for theatrically throwing the back end around through sand and fire roads. If four-wheel drive auto is the only option, do you think we'll see overly restrictive torque management nannies applied to allow things like CVs to live at 600-plus pound-feet, considering it'll see more punishing use cases than any Trackhawk? I know, I know. Embargo. Embargo. Hopefully we'll see an unveiling shortly, but until then, I look forward to any rumors or opinions y'all may have to share. Uh, Jack, yeah, it is going to be a full-time uh, all-wheel drive with a four-high lock, a four-low uh, lock, and a rear axle lock. Uh, apparently, there's a launch mode for if you go by the spy shots. Any idea what the split is, like 60-40 split? Uh, I'm guessing the auto four-wheel drive, it's on demand. What I'm wondering is if the launch mode biases more to the rear. Mm. Um, but I'm sure it'll be able to bias. I mean, I don't know for sure. And then there's other stuff that I can't say, but you it's You do know the coming. potential horsepower, though, correct? Uh, oh, it'll be full 707 horsepower in that neighborhood, Hel- non-detuned Hellcat. <laughs> Still... I know I ask you this every single time it comes up, and I I am still I am impressed in advance of this vehicle. Uh, yeah, the Raptor 450 horsepower from a twin turbo V6. By the way, the Raptor can bite you. There's times where those turbos come on if you're at the right power band at just the right moment off road doing really stupid things. It can snap hard. Can you even imagine almost doubling the horsepower? You can bet someone's going to tune that thing and squeeze more than 800 out of it. Well, probably, yeah. Or put a small pulley on it. Or uh, All I can tell you is everything that I have heard, the chassis and suspension is so unbelievable that I don't even believe it. That's uh, So that's like a paradox. It's so unbelievable that you don't believe it? Yeah, it's uh, an, an enigma wrapped in a riddle covered in bacon. What are the chances? Subject line from Jeremy Poindexter. Looking forward to hearing all about the Broncos soon. Well, 
Clearly, this email was written before the last <laughs> episode of the bonus. The two-door pictures look promising, and the Sasquatch package is definitely a step in the right direction. I'm sure I know the answer to these questions. Embargo. Embargo. But I'll ask anyway, what are the chances of getting a 3.5 EcoBoost with the 7-speed squeezed down into one of those little rigs? And beyond that, what about the Sasquatch package on a Ranger in the future, along with a 7-speed and V6? Honestly, I'd be more excited about... That and would love to have it for my next daily driver. Later, dudes. Jeremy, what do you know, Holman? I think those are great ideas. You should let Ford know. Okay, I think it's time to talk to KJ. <laughs> Go ahead and dial. What's up, guys? Hey, Mr. KJ Jones, editor of Diesel Power Magazine. Or Lightning at Holman. How or, you doing? Or the Diesel Power content on trucktrend.com. Or that, too? There you go. That, too. Okay. <laughs> How about the diesel power brand? Diesel power brand? Yeah. How about brand the diesel management. content across the Motor Trend Group truck group? I mean, I didn't memorize any of that stuff, so I'm glad you're saying it now. Uh, we got a quick jingle. Don't move. What the truck? What the truck? What the truck? So you're in the What to Truck segment this week, KJ, because you wrote an article that is on trucktrend.com. And it's kind of harking back to the story we told two episodes ago. Well, one episode plus a bonus about Rye, who was um, a GM tech up in Montana and had a customer put gasoline in his diesel GM Duramax. But it wasn't just the fact that he put gasoline. It's that he put gasoline in during a regen and blew up the uh, filter. Superheated. <laughs> superheated <laughs> everything. Yes. Bang, so, boom, bang, So that bow. sort of coincided with a couple stories. You did about uh, putting uh, gas in your diesel. You also did a great story that did a ton of traffic about what is red diesel. So I thought we'd talk to you about that, too. Um, it just, is that Soviet diesel? Yeah, it, it's it's communist diesel. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Communist, communist diesel. There you go. <laughs> or we could have uh, KJ actually tell us the truth. I see. <laughs> yes. Educate us. All right. So where do we want to start? Do I start with uh, don't put gas in your diesel well, dummy? Well, I, I can't we just say don't because everyone got the message just with that sentence right there. But <laughs> So what research did you do and what did you find out? What kind of damage can it do? Well, it can do extensive damage, um, especially with uh, your, your, your deaf era diesels, basically. You know, the diesels with... Um, um, particular filters and use diesel exhaust fluid, etc. Um, the newer newer trucks can incur quite a bit of damage, i.e., expensive damage if you do add gasoline to the fuel. Um, one of the things that's important to note is that you know gasoline, unleaded gasoline, is a solvent. It's um, it really doesn't have anything close to the lubricity that diesel fuel does and you know the diesel system injectors and and the pump especially you know they count on being lubricated by the fuel so if you uh go forward with putting something like you know a a, a solvent in in that mix you're not going to have good things happen that's for sure so you said that uh you don't want to do it in today's diesel with particulate filters what happens when you put it into an old mechanical injected 12 valve 59 What's the, uh, what's the drawback less, there? The, there's there's less of a drawback. Um, you could still incur uh, damage, but then again, if, it's one of those deals where if you catch it soon enough, it's all about catching it. So say you drop drop a little gas into um, you know a 12 valve. Let's just use a 12 valve, for example. And you drop a little gas in the tank uh, in, in your old uh, Dodge Ram and like, oh, no. 
and stopped, you know, one of the things is flushing that system thoroughly, a, a thorough flush. And, you know, that's running through a series of diesel fuel, getting the gas out or getting whatever's in there out of it, running diesel through it and changing the filters usually works for all intents and purposes. You know, you don't have as much of a, of a headache as you would with um, a newer truck where you, you know, probably burn stuff up. How common a problem is this, do you suppose, KJ? Guys and gals putting uh, gasoline in a diesel? Um, I, You know what? It is, I would guess that it's really pretty common. I mean, personally, you know, I'm very, very conscious of doing that. And, and, you know, human beings, nobody's perfect. That's one of the things that I said in that piece. No one is perfect. So in a sense, we're all prone to possibly doing it at some point, you know, and, and there's also the possibility uh, becomes greater because not all fuel stations have, in a sense, a green handle for their diesel fuels. Some have yellow handles and then some, you know, even have a black handle that we equate to being a gasoline handle. So, you know, uh, it's it's really one of those deals where you have to pay attention to what you're doing and make sure you just look for that number two and press the right button and put the right fuel in. But I'm I'm very uptight about it. And even in my own household, it's it's one of those do not ever, do not ever grab the 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 wrong handle to put uh, fuel in. And 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 part of the the I guess the tutelage and making sure that doesn't happen is diesel is referred to as fuel in my house versus gas you know people just you know hey, i gotta put some gas in it's like no 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 no. put diesel in it say you're putting fuel in it take gas out of your head when you have a diesel i like that so in your story you quoted some numbers on what it would take to fix a failed cp4 injection pump if someone with that setup were to run gasoline through their truck and yep. I was astonished. What what is that number? On the big side, it's about ten grand. Sure. Ooh! Uh, and you yeah, thought uh, diesel was expensive at the pump? It's uh, even more expensive. Uh, that's what it would have cost me when I ran uh, water water, <laughs> water yeah. through the damn system. Also a good story. Don't put water in your diesel. Yeah, tank. that's a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. On the big side, ten grand. It's you know anywhere you figure eight to eighty five hundred. But like if you really really mess a lot of stuff up. You're looking at about ten thousand dollars to to replace everything. And you're talking is, about the fuel system, right? So lines, injectors, oh yeah. pump, injectors, pump. It's it's the whole thing. And and I mean, if if there's any concession, you might get away with cleaning the tank, but then sometimes you might need a tank as well. It's really a mess when that happens. And it's one of those things where you know you you can't go into a dealership and 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 say like it just happened. You know what I mean? That's customer pay. That's not warranty at all. So I'm kind of curious because uh, you were talking about uh, filling the tank, right? You've, you've grabbed the wrong handle. You put 60 gallons in there. That's a bad thing. We can all agree on that. Yes. What happens if you just put a little splash of it in, like less than a gallon or, or you know, half a gallon, and you realize that you pull it out, you, put the, you look around, you make sure there's no security cameras or anybody uh, recording you. You slowly put the uh, the green handle because it was mismarked clearly back on the pump. You grab the other handle and you put the other ninety percent of your tank is diesel fuel. Is that is there a way for gasoline to be you know diluted in diesel well, or is it all bad? With a new truck, uh, I wouldn't take that gamble. The thing is, historically, back in the day diesel or gas was mixed and i don't know what the amounts were but 
uh, gas was mixed in diesel to thin the diesel and like for high elevation trucks and, and i.e. big rigs, really, they would sneak a little gas into the fuel uh, in the higher elevations to thin down the to, to thin down the fuel. So, you know, will it run today? I don't know. I don't I don't want to take that chance. In the past, yeah, it had run. But then again, you know, that's so far back that it's nothing that I'm personally familiar with. This is all just, you know, somewhat hearsay, somewhat research. You understand what I'm saying? So I would just... Oh, I understand. What I'm hearing is KJ Jones doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) I just wasn't aware he was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. But but from to answer your question, if you just have, you know, say a gallon of it in there, and that's one of the examples that I have in the story. Uh, Saul Gutierrez at Gear Driven Automotive in Northridge, California, he has a customer who made the same mistake twice and and got away with it. Uh, Got a 2.8 liter um, Chevy Colorado, a a diesel Colorado. and Did he buy lotto tickets that day? Should have. (laughs) (laughs) Two times, two separate occasions, um, Saul has had to basically flush that system and he got away with it with with really just doing a flush and um then the prime i understand the prime to refire is extensive um you know extensive to the point where you're you're cycling the key and cycling the key and cycling the key and cycling the key and cycling the key key. you know a battery might go down in this in this time period bringing the battery back up and cycling the key and then finally getting it to light and when it does light letting it run and idle for like an hour just to make sure that everything is okay. But his customer got away two times with putting gasoline or unleaded gasoline in his diesel system. And, um, they did a clean out. He caught it soon enough, had the, had the truck towed to the shop. They caught it soon enough to clean out and save the, save that gentleman a considerable amount of money. I would be willing to bet that most of these occurrences where people are putting gasoline in diesel vehicles are when the the truck or the car is new and they're just so used to pumping gasoline, right? So my yeah. So my question is, how do dealerships handle this? Because they're like, bro, it says right on it, put diesel in. We're not covering this under warranty. So yeah, how do they handle it? That's a warranty wipe right there. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I don't think anybody gets a pass, and uh, just. On Friday, um, my neighbor, uh, two houses away, Eddie, and I'm sure you won't mind me talking about him. He's a good friend. He's, he's really a good guy. And he just got into his first diesel. He's um, familiar with diesel through me and seeing the trucks that I bring home and then the truck, you know, my truck and Crystal's truck. But he just um, plunked down the big dollars and bought uh, 2020 Chevrolet Silverado 2500 HD Z71 package. 6.6 liter Duramax L5P. I mean, it is, it's really nice and Baller. I'm proud of him and I'm happy for him is to tow his, uh, uh, family's, uh, RV trailer and they're going to go camping and all of that stuff. And that was one of the things that I told him. I says, Eddie, do not ever put gasoline in this truck. And he's lived a gas. Well, I can't say he's lived a gas existence because he's actually a truck driver. Sean, um, I believe you saw him when he was bringing that rig home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was over at your house to uh, smoke cigars. He um, actually drives a tractor trailer, but, you know, he also doesn't fill it, fuel his tractor trailer. He drives for a company that fuels it up for him, and he just gets in and drives. So, mm. <laughs> And that, that then it was funny. This was just Saturday evening. We were looking at the truck and kind of talking and BSing around. <laughs> and he looked at his wife and said, listen, did you hear what KJ said? 
no gas in this truck. <laughs> I bet it happens more than we know because it's so embarrassing that you just put it on your credit card and go, it's six grand, seven grand, eight grand, just fix it. Put that tail between your legs. And and nobody, and... I, don't tell anyone, right. I'll tip you an extra hundred bucks, don't tell my wife, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah, nobody wants to cop to it. And that was the other instance that I referenced in the story when I was up at uh, Devil Mountain Diesel in 2017. Um, that was the customer that came in. The truck came in on a flatbed and, you know, we're looking at it like, well, what's the problem? And um, the owner was a young cat, and uh, I guess he was preoccupied with getting kids to school. I don't know, but he just grabbed the wrong handle and filled the whole thing up with with unleaded. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I believe that's the womp womp music. Yeah, ledger. Yes, indeed. Big time. That hurts. Big well, the good yeah. news is uh, there's a way to come back from that. Nobody died. It's ten grand. Nope. And uh, you. Uh, but throw that on the old credit card. No, nah, man. No, no. Nah, nah, you sell the Finance, truck. You sell Get it? something else. Yeah. Credit card. $30 a month. That's it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you're back in business for 25 years. <laughs> Cost you uh, $38,000 when you're done. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that is an expensive mistake. All right. Well, I mean, that's almost like filling up your uh, old dually with the uh, 1,300 gallons of Titan fuel tanks you had hanging off that thing. Yeah, yeah. It'll be about the same once I get all the fuel in that thing. It's going to be that about that kind of high. <laughs> well, I was talking about uh, Jay also had uh, quite a few. Uh, how many gallons could you do on the on the rock uh, So I had a 65 midship tank, and I had a 33 spare tire replacement tank. At what point so are you not allowed to, do you need to have a placard? Eight gallons. 98 gallons. 98 gallons on board. And well, I had to clean both tanks and scrub oof. the algae out of them when we uh, when I sucked up water from the gas the uh, gas station. So the you had um, a lift pump with uh, aerators would have made everything different if you had have had that in place, correct? I mean, there's supposed to be water separators on the Duramax, but they just can only hold so much. But not so much. Yeah, not so <laughs> much. So wow. yeah, we uh, we sucked up. Uh, we destroyed the, the fuel pump. The high pressure, we destroyed injectors, the- uh, Injectors, injectors, you did in, that? Yeah, all eight of them? Injectors are gone. Or did, was yours a nine injector truck? F- uh, eight injectors. Yeah, eight injectors. Eight injectors, yeah. Eight injectors, yeah. Eight injectors. Yeah. the fuel rails had to be thrown away. What else did we destroy? It was just a lot of yep. cleaning. It was a mess. All new lines. The love of your family. Sucked. <laughs> it just sucked. And it was embarrassing. And But I, I didn't cause it. I mean, I, I, pumped, I pumped diesel number two, you know, but there was water in the bottom of the fuel tank from rain runoff or whatever. Interesting. So uh, if you're you pumping number two, you should be to... using the uh, black tank and not the diesel tank. Did you have... Um... <laughs> Any kind of recourse to go after the the station for you know for, for I, the problem is I couldn't be sure which fuel station it occurred I at. Understand. So I I don't. Lightning I don't always know. fills up when he's only used about eight gallons, so it's cheaper. And so he's got about forty seven different stations uh, fuel floating around. <laughs> that thing. It's true. <laughs> no, I I would. Uh, well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Jennifer, I can't afford it. But I would I would fill up when I would go to Arizona because it'd be so, so much cheaper. Cheaper, yeah. and cheaper, I could yeah. make it all the way back on a half a tank or less. Well, we're about <laughs> to supersize um, the fuel system in in my truck. Um, the stock tank is still in the back and that's um just about 20 gallons and then there's a midship that's been there and that's 40 gallon and now adding another 70 gallons in a toolbox combo from uh tra- um, transfer flow so that's uh gonna be enough to to make it quite a distance and i don't 
plan on knock on wood putting any kind of unleaded unless you're uh surprised. unless you're wearing a catheter for racing in baja i'm guessing you stop before the truck needs to it's true can you imagine if if KJ screwed up and actually pumped gasoline into his own truck? Four hundred gallons of gasoline. That after, would be horrendous. After dude. after, after be, writing this story, that would be, that would no, no, be no, absolutely no. horrendous. That's that's not the true injustice here. The true injustice is if he doesn't upgrade his cup holders after putting that much fuel in <laughs> in his truck. Because if you don't have a commensurate amount of uh, big gulp storage, then all that wasted all that fuel is gone to waste. He's got like gone thirty waste, right? like uh, got two or three liter bottles full of urine in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's got uh he's got five gallon uh, igloo coolers. He's like, that he puts in no, the center console. No, no, no. He's like, I don't need death fluid. I have got my own urea right <laughs> here, right. <laughs> making it as we go. Yeah. So you drink uh, big gulps in one end, and you uh, fill the death. Fortunately for KJ, he doesn't have any use for urea because he's got a uh, pre urea. Yeah, truck, yeah, yeah. You got a seven truck. three, right? Yeah, OBS. Yeah, exactly. A ninety five seven point three. Exactly. Good man. Hot yes, ticket. Sir. All right. Yes. So the moral of the story is: don't be a turd and uh, put gasoline in I your. I don't think that, in I your don't diesel think truck. That's the moral of the story. I think. No? I think the moral of the story is: don't put gas in your diesel. I don't know that it makes you a turd. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man. I, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as calling someone a. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't do. Could, could you imagine? Lightning would be the dude walking. <laughs> around, it's like you're at like some, you know. Uh, urban gas station, and the dude walks up to you, and he's like, starts washing your windows, expecting you to give me a dog. That's lightning, except he's sitting on like a lawn chair, and he's calling you like, "Don't grab that handle, you turd!" And that's all he does all day. He just sits there and berates people from from the gas station island. That would be fun. This should be a podcast oh, episode. <laughs> we should yeah, we just... should find the gas station with the highest incidence of wrong fuel in Southern California. And then stock it out, and you should have a bullhorn, and you just yell turd every time somebody. If we were wrong. sinister, we would change the fuel pump handle colors. Well, we don't have that yeah, kind see, of money that's to. Really sinister. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd have to catch people. That's a straight mistake. jackass prank right there. Yeah, that's straight. Go to jail. Yeah, it is. That's straight. Beat somebody's ass if you. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, my my prison is sitting in the studio once a week with uh, my man Lightning here, so that's jail enough for me. So how dare you? All right, thanks, KJ, for calling. Appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, we gotta no. go now. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk about we gotta talk about red diesel. So oh, red diesel. Red diesel is that's uh, the illegal stuff, right? Well, and it's, it's not, not illegal to it's how not you use illegal. it, right? Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, you know. It's un, it's for for I guess us, if you will. It's unfortunate that we cannot use red diesel in our on road vehicles. Uh, it's number two people diesel do with a, with a red tent, and the thing about and people do yes, but it's number two diesel with a red tent, and it's it's specific to off road uh, equipment and off road vehicles, i.e., stuff used on the farm and machines and such like that. The big deal about red diesel is, um, and it's given the red tint, the red dye, uh, to identify it as non tax fuel, basically, and um, as non tax fuel getting caught with it running the highway you know you're 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 tax evading to an extent and you have to pay uh what's typically state penalties for doing that and the chp in rural areas the california highway patrol i don't know if red diesel is just a california thing or if other other uh, states use it but they will bring out the stick and they will stick your tank and if what comes out on that stick is red you're in big trouble yeah, it's, it's a bad deal. But, um, you know, the thing about doing that piece, and that's one of the things that we've been uh, doing quite a bit of, is just answering questions. You know, um, people come into the to the hobby by way of, like, my neighbor Eddie just buying a brand-new truck, 
and really don't know a lot about diesel or a lot about the the, the truck, a lot about the fuel, the engines, et cetera. So um, in this, I guess this time, the period that we're in now where we're not able to really go out and do a lot of, you know, installing stuff and, and putting turbos on and that kind of thing, just going back to um, some of the basic things to educate uh, educate even some of the OGs out there. You know, it's one of those things where you think to yourself, all right, well, if we do this, you know, there might be some backlash. And I'm like, well, everybody knows that. The thing is, everybody does not know everything. So that's why uh, stories like the red diesel and and what is blow by and stuff like that have gotten good response because, in a sense, there are people in the, there are people coming out of the woodwork. Like, you know what, we didn't really know, but we didn't want to we didn't want to let everybody know we didn't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, like uh, you know, answering all the questions people were afraid to ask. Now, I, yeah. I've got a question. How would they catch you using red diesel? What have you done to either piss the officer off to the point that he's going to go stick something in your tank, yeah. or are they doing checkpoints where they're checking everybody randomly? And it just I think it's to be. more of a checkpoint thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's never happened uh, to me. I haven't experienced it, and I haven't spoken with anyone who has experienced it. But I would think that it's depending on the area. Um, and you said like rural or, or farm area. So where I, that fuel used. I, I have experienced it. Now I have not experienced it like with my vehicle, but I know guys who have done it who work at various ports of entry, uh, mm-hmm. ports of call. What do you call it? Just a port. A like, port. Yeah, why are you trying to add words? I don't know. Port of Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. all those vehicles, those yard dogs or yard, whatever they call them. Tugs and stuff, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. There, It's all red dye. And mm. so those guys get it in massive, massive drums. Yeah. And, and, and they will put it in the back of the truck and sell it to their buddies. And mm. it's like this whole underbelly of, of illegal activity. And ta- tax evasion, and yeah, and, but it's you're saving a ton of money. And guys who you know take trips or you know, all right. So, what's far. the story? What did the you story, get? Caught? No, what the happened? story is that they set up checkpoints, leaving the ports, leaving the ports, and they just start okay. sticking tanks. That's it. There it is. So, they know that there is you know a quantity of it based on you know it being there for the machines and, and that type of thing. It makes sense. I, I would, yeah, I think it, it'd be a checkpoint type of deal versus you know a driver or somebody you know, doing something, um, you know, the, the, the fuel doesn't emit any, it doesn't spew red dye out as you stand on the throttle, you know what I mean? So What I'm curious um, about is if red dye has ever been in your tank, does it, how many, residual. how long does it last and how many uh, subsequent tanks can it die? Residual. Or does it just, yeah, is it residual? Like, hmm. hmm. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Let's look that one up. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I got nothing. Truck I show can pod- ask. Well, no, I'll find out because my guys are at the port. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or that. I, I'm sure we've got listeners. Uh, by the way, mm. the first person to email us about that wins tickets to Sticking Tanks uh, opening up at the uh, Palladium this weekend. No, 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 because uh, <laughs> Governor Newsom shut that oh, down. Oh, yeah, shut yeah. down. Yeah, again. I can't yeah. go to that one. Now, yeah. Sticking Tanks. Well, Sticking Tanks, what they're doing is they're setting up at a drive-in. And they're setting up a stage, and you can park your car. But your and cars have to be six feet apart, I hear. That's correct. And you have to wear and your you mask. you cannot run red dye. Nope. Diesel. No red dye. <laughs> no. no. All right, well, KJ spreading the wisdom at uh, trucktrend.com. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on and explaining the, uh, well, I guess it would be the uh, the foils of uh, putting in uh, gasoline in your diesel truck. Yeah, and KJ says, don't be a turd. Don't be a turd. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that wasn't KJ. No, was it? Oh, no. maybe it was me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we love you, KJ. Talk to you later, brother. All right, guys. All right. All right. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. 
Holman, do me a favor. Look at your watch. You know what time it is? It's time for the five-star hotline! Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the... I'm sorry, guys. That was just so cheesy. That was awesome. <laughs> five-star hotline. Six, five, hey, hold, hold on, hold on. They should know. We didn't even plan that. We're just really that cheesy. <laughs> five, six, one, oh, five. It's the five-star hotline. Five-star Lighting and Holman, Colby again. I heard there might be an opportunity to maybe win a day in a Nissan Frontier with Sean. And uh, I assume, Lightning, you're going to come along for the ride. Sure. Um, so figured I'd throw a proposal out there, uh, not to marry either one of you guys, but, you know, just for an adventure day. So I live near Ogden, Utah. It's in northern Utah. And from close to where I live, we can go on almost pure dirt road through public land, national forest, uh, from there all the way to Bear Lake, Utah, Garden City, Utah, basically, uh, which is right on the Idaho border. Bear Lake, known as the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it, of the Rockies. We can eat some fresh raspberry shakes, have some great burgers, uh, go play on jet skis if you want out on the lake, and uh, we can get there the whole time using OnX off-road in our Nissan with a deck system in the back if you bring it. <laughs> He's so, good. I don't know. Sounds like a fun day to me. Uh, if you're interested, hit me up. All right, guys? Um, Look, sounds like if we need a boyfriend, he's he's our he's man right the man. there. Yeah. yeah, I would say also um, I'm good with all of it except for uh, nobody wants to see my big old fatness on a uh, jet, jet ski. ski. Yeah, no, no. Ne- neither me. So let's do all of it. Although but that. the good news is, if you and I were on jet skis, yeah, we wouldn't need uh, flotation devices. No, we pack would, our own. They could use <laughs> us as flotation devices. Hey, whole man and half man. Um, oh. Which one's you're which? You're asking about stuff you picked up on the road. I live next to a very rough railroad crossing, and so about once a week, <laughs> we walk down to the crossing to see what the railroad track ferry has left us. Uh, for some reason, get a weird amount of tin snips. Like, I think I've picked up five pairs of tin snips now, and then uh, got a blue point, nine sixteenths ratcheting combination wrench, uh, seven or uh, seven millimeter blue point ratcheting combination wrench. With the rent track, which makes me mad because I can't find the rest of the set. Found exacto knife, found a snap on, uh, magnetic work light. That was really cool. That's coming in here really handy. <laughs> and then, uh, lots of scrap metal license plates. There's a power plant up the road, so all the trucks for the power company go by and they're losing crap off of them constantly. Lots of brass fittings, lots of nuts and bolts, so. Yeah, that's that's what I do for fun. Pick up junk off the road, down the road from my house. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, that sounds awesome. I didn't how, know. How bumpy are those railroad tracks to dislodge well, all that stuff from I didn't realize trucks. there was actually a railroad track ferry. And, <laughs> yeah. and now I want to go meet that ferry because it sounds like uh, there's all sorts of little uh, little treasures left behind. Well, apparently there is, and he is reaping the benefits. Man, I want to go live by railroad tracks. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Lightning and Holman, what's up? Kyle here, Postport, North Carolina, checking in. I'm going to shoot you another email, but I might as well just give this old hotline a call. Just trying to Jericho wipe on my S250. I think y'all send me a couple hundred dollars in new plastic. So uh, if I'm ever in the California area, probably not going to happen. I'll uh, owe y'all one. Um, by the way, appreciate all the uh, knowledge and help. And quick question. 
looking at mounting the parameters on my old six blow 03 F250, debating between your good old analog gauges, uh, like a CTS2 digital gauge, or was wondering how that uh, Banks uh, Idash data monster stacks up against those three. Uh, I guess the lure of the data gate or the analog gauges is I can get the tick with all the uh, sensors and stuff I need for reasonable price, where the other two I still need to get the sensors after buying the gauge. Any input on that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. And uh, also, on the Cerakote note, on the trim wipes, I emailed Cerakote after already doing the old sustain and buff polish method on the uh, on the auto headlights. They said just uh, wet sand those bad boys again and then use the Cerakote wipes accordingly. If it helps any other followers that have done the old school sand and buff, uh, I hope it helps. Appreciate it. Keep up the system. Y'all are awesome. Bye. All right, oh, so that's awesome. it sounds like he so he bought the Cerakote uh, headlight restoration kit, yeah, right? and it saved him. Uh, he says a couple hundred dollars in plastic, yeah, by using that. Huh. that's solid. Okay. Yeah. Well, so how do I answer his other question without being a salesman for banks? I think he uh, let you, he's allowing it. I'm allowing it because he asked. Okay. Well, man, I'm you know I'm listen. Uh, well, he's talking about analog versus digital. I, I think you. Why would you want to go analog when you can go digital? The digital is going to cost you a little bit more. Whether you go the Edge CTS or the Banks uh, iDash, you're going to have to add uh, additional sensors because that, uh, what is it, uh, his... Uh, 6.0? 6.0, yep, his F250. That's uh, pre-CAN, so it's OBD2, but it's pre-CAN bus, which means there's not a whole lot of information on your OBD connection. So you're going to have to add sensors. So depending on what you, if you want trans temp, if you want oil temp, things like that, uh, they may or may not be an OBD. So what does that mean? You're going to end up spending 600 bucks or so to to get stuff, probably the the parameters you want to see. Now, Edge, CTS. For that versus, money, will they yeah. be mounted on his A-pillar? Uh, yes, they will be mounted. You can do uh, an A-pillar, uh, single, double, or you can do suction mount, probably for both the iDash or the Edge CTS. Here's the thing about the Edge CTS. They just came out with a CTS-3, which is their, you know, their, their fancier one. It's supposed to be upgraded, but it still moves uh, as slow as molasses. And it's uh, software-based. It uh, boots up slow. It is slow. It is capacitive touch, so when you t- you can touch the screen, whereas the iDash is it's round. It's 2 and a 16th. Um, and it has four buttons, and it's insanely fast because it's all solid state, as you'd expect solid state to be. I'm obviously partial. I think it's uh, no. a more cutting edge. Yes, it's smaller. Uh, you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a modern truck, your windshield is relatively small. In that 6.0, it's not a huge windshield, so why hog it up with a big square you know, rectangular gauge? where you can have just a single gauge showing up to eight parameters per screen. So look, the Edge CTS has been around forever. It's pretty rock solid. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Time's for... up, Lightning. <laughs> uh, alarm's going off. If you, you want uh, something have time. new and modern and robust. It's uh, it's telling you it's time. You want the iDash. Bank's iDash. I don't control it. It's just, it's time. Hey, Lightning. It's Mongo. I didn't forget your partner. I purposefully left him out specifically because of what he did to me no he let me hang it for so long about the greatest news that could have possibly ever been and then immediately upon the release of the 2021 bronco what's the very first very first 
YouTube video that shows up in my feed. One, Sean P. Holman and Mr. Lieberman reviewing the Bronco. Are you kidding me? All this time, Sean, you could have been easily, you could have just whispered, hey, you're going to love it. Or, man, wait till you see this thing. Nope, you couldn't even have done that. I'm upset. With you, not with the Bronco. <laughs> I think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, boys. I'm a little biased, if you will say. But the Bronco is pretty badass, you got to admit. I am displeased in the embargo ship of the information of what was Bronco. As always, five stars. Keep it up. And for everybody out there, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Mongo buddy. Mongo out. Uh, yeah. You can't be mad at me. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. He did have a uh, an NDA where I think they would have sued him for like a $80 million had he said anything. Listen, I haven't talked about that thing in four years. You know how exciting it is for me to finally be able to talk a little bit about it? Even though we promised not to on the show. Uh, hey, I didn't know the voicemails were going to bring it up. So all I have to say is I, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. You feel better now? I mean, whatever. Just do my job. Well, that's where we end the show as uh, Holman just <laughs> peters out. Holman, the last week has just beaten the living hell uh, out of you. Yeah. I gotta rough. feel bad. <laughs> no, you don't. The truck no, I don't. show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. Holman has written like 111 stories. <laughs> For Truck Trend over the last couple days. Uh, Four wheeler, Truck Trend. Some stuff is on Motor Trend. They did some video. It's been uh, it's been rough. I haven't got a whole lot of sleep because we were trying to make sure we got everything out in time. And uh, it's the life of a journalist when you got breaking news. I mean, right before this episode, I ran down to Harbor Freight and I bought a, a two and a half ton floor jack and I used it to prop his eyelids open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think after this, I'm gonna go home and pass out for a few days. No, you won't, because you have to go right freaking back to work. That's true. I do have a few more stories to write this week. (laughs) All right, well, listen, uh, we want to thank Nissan, without whom this show, of course, would not be possible. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the Titan and the Titan XT. Dude, come on with that Endurance V8. Sounds good. Insanely powerful. Don't you mean come on with come on? Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. I would say that. NissanUSA.com. Check them out. Go online. Build your own. Also, can't forget our friends over at Decked, Decked.com, where you can find the ultimate storage organizer for your truck or van. Oh, wow. That's like the first time you got it right, I think. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, it was good. Decked.com. For as sleepy as you are, Oh, you know we did? What? We forgot to talk about the thing we can't talk about with them yet. Oh, you mean the thing that they're about to release that we're not supposed to say what it is and we have people guessing? Yeah, okay. So we are still taking your guesses. Uh, Decked is coming out with a new product and it's going to be super bitching and very complex and it's taken them... Uh, longer than I maybe they expected to to develop, but well, it's going to be badass. I think they're thing. trying to they're getting it right. I think they want to make sure that that thing is ready to go. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing their homework. Uh, a lot of R and D on this thing. So we were wondering if you wanted to guess if you if you can guess what they're making. You email us. You guess correctly. You'll go. What, what what's our 
What's the prize? Are I we, don't think anything. I think we're going to send him a koozie or something. Some some yeah. bogus tumbler gift, yeah. uh, deck. Not bogus. No. <laughs> no. Uh, an awesome deck gift. Oh, okay. Uh, signed by Greg. <laughs> they don't know who Greg is. <laughs> I know, but it, it, you know he's important. I promise. We, are we giving him this uh, Yeti? Cup the right one here? you drank Coke out of a little while ago? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't use that no, one? I found, no, I found a motor train. But didn't cup. you say that one was dusty? No, I cleaned it out. Okay. Look, it's clean. Look yeah, at, no, that's, look at the I mean, that's right pretty here. clean. That's clean. Maybe we'll send them that with a t-shirt stuffed it's in it. This thing's stainless, isn't it? It's sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, stainless steel. Yeah, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or it's 304-316 stainless. Hit us up what on the uh, five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And don't forget the socials, at truckshowpodcast on every social platform that matters. Holman, I think you were going to die. Too bad I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, do, I don't think I'm going to die. I think I, I think I just need to go to bed for a little while. Just need to sleep. You need to take a dirt nap. <laughs> wow.